0: Hare Krishna! Welcome to this special episode on Srila Gaur Das Babaji. So we'll be reading uh, about a few inspiring tales about his, in his life that have been revealed to us <clears throat> by his only disciple Srila Bhaktisiddhan Saraswati Thakur. Originally these stories have come as articles in the magazine that was published by Bhaktisiddhan Saraswati Thakur which was called Sajjan Toshani. So that was later translated uh, from Bengali to English. And that's how this whole uh, biography, so to speak, was compiled. So uh, let's begin with the prayers. Oma <clears> Jnana Timirandhasya <throat> Jnana Janashalakaya Chakshurun <clears> Melitam Yena Tasmai Shri <throat> Gurave Namaha Shri Chaitanyamano Bhishtam Stapitam Yenabhutale Swayam Rupa Hakadamahem Dadaadis Vapadanticam Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Yutapadakamalam Shri Guru Vaishnavam Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahaganaraguna Tanvitam Tamsa साद्वैतम सावधूतं परिजन सहितं कृष्ण चैतन्य देवं श्री राधा कृष्ण पादान श्री विशाखान्वितामच हे कृष्ण करुणासिंधो दीनबंधो जगत्पते गोपेश गोपिका कांत राधा कांत नमोस्तुते तप्तकांचन गौरांगी राधे वृंदावनेश्वरी वृषभानु सुते देवी प्रनामामि हरिप्रिये वाञ्छाकल्पतरुभ्यश्च कृपासिन्धुभ्य एवच पतितानां पावणेभ्यो वैष्णवेभ्यो नमो नमः नमः ॐ विष्णुपादाय कृष्णप्रस्थाय भूतले श्रीमते भक्ति नितिनामिने नमस्ते सारस्वते देवे गौरावाणी प्रचारिणे निर्विशेषा सुन्यवादी पाश्चात्य देशतारिणे नमो गौराकिशोराय साक्षाद्वैराग्यमूर्तये विप्रलंभर साम्भोदे पादाम् भुजायते नमः जय श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु नित्यानंद श्री अद्वैत गदाधर श्री वासादि गौरा हरे कृष्ण हरे कृष्ण 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 हरे हरे Hare Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna. So welcome to this episode. A special episode on the life of Srila Gaurgi Swordas Bhavaji who was known as the personification of renunciation. Sakshad Vairagya His life was uh, of uncanny uh, or un, I mean incomprehensible renunciation. Uh, It is uh, sometimes, uh, it sometimes even sounds very harsh, the way he was renounced. But from this we can understand um, how serious we should be in devotional service. And um, Krishna when he sends his representatives, some of them he sends here uh, for them to preach, some of them to write books, some of them to excavate holy places, we are talking about pure devotees. and some of them, like Gaurakishwar Das Babaji, to show us what is the standard, what is the standard of devotional service and what is the standard of renunciation. So, from his character, for an ordinary man, we could never have understood Srila Gaurakishwar Das Babaji, but only by the mercy of Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur do we get a, a little peep into his life and uh, protected by the explanation of Bhakti Saraswati Thakur, uh, we can understand this uncommon character or personality of Srila Gaurav Gishav He Babaji, who was a very, very exalted uh, devotee, a great Acharya in our succession, in our succession, Sampradaya, and he is the spiritual master of Srila Bhakti Siddhāna Saraswati Thakur. Externally he was an illiterate, but his disciple was the most learned scholar, but that doesn't change the spiritual standing of both these exalted souls. And even Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur commented. We will read all that. Uh, he commented on the character of uh, Gaurakishordas Babaji. So we will read all that. There is this book that was published. I think I will change the screen now. I'll make myself small. And I'll read from the computer screen. Because on the iPad, because it's a PDF, it becomes very small for you to read so i will just uh, just give me a second here all right um, okay let's move a little bit into the center Okay Now let us... can you see the screen? Because I don't think you can see the PDF right now. That's strange. Just a little matter. Okay, now you can see it. Alright. <clears throat> so, biography of Gaur Gishordas Babaji Maharaj. <clears throat> this is uh, the great personality, Gaur Das Babaji Maharaj. So, this was done by Karnamrita Prabhu. So these are all the different chapters in this book so we'll try to read everything some of them are very short chapters actually let's try okay and also i want to read something from the life of bhakti saraswati thakur which is the initiation where he meets gorgishwadas babaji that's also a very uh, interesting pastime and also his disappearance Mm. all right let's quickly get into it because it can be very long Introduction, so I'm basically going to read from this this biography and then we'll discuss if any points are needs a little more elaboration Okay. introduction the descriptions of the exploits of Om Vishnupad, Paramahamsa, Sri Srimad, Gargish, Babaji Maharaj are certain to bewilder materialistic persons for one is for one who is under the sway of worldly desires cannot enter into the mysteries of the deeds and thoughts of a person fully immersed in spiritual consciousness Ah this is an important verse okay let me um i know you can't see this but i'll just cc madhya 2340 gonna take this out oh wow so actually there is a <coughs> sanskrit verse for this even a most learned scholar cannot understand the activities and symptoms of an exalted personality in whose heart love of Godhead has awakened. It's is from Bhaktira Samrita Sindhu. There are two kinds of realized devotees of Lord Krishna, the Bhajananandis and the Goshtyanandis. The liberated preachers or Goshtanandis step down from the highest transcendence and behave in a way which is intelligible to ordinary conditioned soul, ordinary conditioned jivas with a view to inspiring them to take up devotion to Krishna. The liberated Bhajanandis on the other hand generally do not step down to the platform of madhyamadhikari the preacher of moderate spiritual advancement. Remaining immersed in their service to Krishna on the platform of spontaneous devotion, they take note of the illusory material world and those who inhabit it, but occasionally and then in a most perfunctory way. What is perfunctory? Carried out without real interest, feeling or effort. Very hmm, very um, in an uninterested way. This is not due to a lack of compassion on their part, but rather is determined by the inspiration they receive from the Godhead and an intensity of humbleness that convinces them that Convinces them they are too lacking in devotion to school others in the holy life. Moreover, the bhajananandis' thoughts are all are not always transformed by them into a materially intelligible expression. Thus, their words and activities may at times seem inscrutable or otherworldly. Okay, what is being spoken here? So there are two kinds of devotees, liberated devotees, the bhajananandis and the goshtyanandis. Bhajananandis are those who are always absorbed in their service they are uttamadhikaris both, both of them are uttamadhikaris both of them are inspired differently by krishna uh, so the bhajanandis they are inspired to continue their um, you know ecstatic symptoms and immersed in their own um, you know love of godhead and they never come down of course you know, okay when we say come down the the on the other hand, they are um, pure devotees, uttamadhikaris, first class devotees. But they step down to second class platform, not in their character, but in their um, in their um, activity. In the sense that they, a second class devotee is a preacher, a third class devotee is not a preacher. He does not know how to preach. He is not convinced himself. Once a person is convinced, then he will automatically preach. Like any product in this material world, if you are really convinced about a product, then you will recommend it to others. So something like that. So if you are really convinced about Krishna consciousness, you can recommend it to others. But if you are not, then how to preach? So the faith of the third class devotee is not very strong, although he has taken up <coughs> the path of devotional service. You see? So... um it is still alright because he is advancing. As he advances more and more, then he'll be, his faith becomes even more stronger and stronger. And once one comes to the second-class platform, it's not just the faith, but also his activity, his, his following. Uh, not that one day he's in a good mood, one day is in a bad mood. No. Or one day he is uninspired, one day he is inspired. No. That is this up and down. Nishtha. Nishtha platform means when he is unshaken. Guru naapi Even in the worst circumstance, his inspiration to serve Krishna never fades. So that is called Nishtha platform. So that is, that is the, um, at least the basic qualification of a second class devotee. So he will never fall down after that. Even a first class devotee, there is no chance of falling down. But a third class devotee can fall down. So now, a first class devotee is a person who does not even preach. But not because he does not know how to preach. But he thinks... Preaching means that this person is um, less educated about spiritual life than me. So, I need to educate this person, taking compassion upon him. So, there is somebody, okay, he is a junior. So, I need to help him, like a big brother. So, that is preacher. So, that is called Kripa. What is that? Ishvaret Adhineshu Baliseshu Kripa. That means to in the 11th chapter, 2nd chapter, 46th verse, this is explained, the symptoms of a second class devotee. He sees that this is Krishna and I will uh, cultivate my devotion to Krishna. This is um, devotees, I will cultivate my friendship. And that also is subdivided into many categories. Like the spiritual master, he serves humbly and he inquires submissively and he surrenders to him. And then the senior devotees also, he serves them very faithfully and takes confidential guidance from them with equal devotees uh, he he makes friendship with them and you know um, cooperate with them in spiritual services and then for the for the for those who are junior to him uh, he uh, what is that uh, helps them he helps them advance in krishna consciousness and for those who are non-devotees he behaves in a different way but they're also subdivided Baliseshu and vishatsu so Baliseshu are those who are innocent non devotees but innocent they can be saved they can be preached to they can be uh, helped so those people he will um, instruct them in krishna consciousness and you know encourage them to take up krishna consciousness and Dvishatsu means those who are envious he will neglect them neglect upeksha so this these are the gamut or, or the whole range of activities for a second class devotee now the first class devotee is completely absorbed in krishna consciousness and in such a state he is very humble at the same time although he is the most exalted person he remains the most humble and he does not think himself capable to educate others about spiritual life he is way too humble and that is also by the inspiration of krishna it's not that a preacher is not humble a second class word. that is also humble that is because we have to follow humble means we have to follow the order of krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, ''Yaradekha Krishna Krishnopadesh'' He said, ''Whomever you see, talk about Krishna.'' So, that is also humility, you see. But extraordinary humility is seen in the first class devotee. He doesn't even preach because he thinks everybody is better than me. Whatever, what I am going to preach to them. But sometimes, he is inspired by Krishna to come to the second class platform. Not that his devotion reduces, no. His devotion is same first class. But he behaves on the second-class platform to help others. Hmm. So he interacts with people of this world when he comes down to the second-class platform. When he is first-class platform, he does not interact. He is in his own uh, bliss. Second-class platform, he has to interact with the people of the world. And when you interact, you have to convey or you know uh, convey your message to them. So you have to speak in a way which is understandable to them. So that is a preacher. So here it is said that those who are in the, um, the bhajananandis especially their activities may at sometimes seem um, their, their thoughts are not always transformed by them into a materially intelligible expression. Uh, they don't first of all care when they have this devotional ecstasies. They don't care to um, show them to the public. They don't even notice that the public is there. You know that much they're absorbed in their own devotion and they behave in ways which is which cannot be understood by us intelligible means understandable their expressions will not be uh, understandable to common devotees so so their words and activities may at times seem inscrutable or cannot be understood or otherworldly or not of this world something different never before seen so anyway these are just prelude to them Actual life of Gaurakishwarya Das Babaji. Let's proceed. Some devotees are instrumentally utilized by the Lord in the work of propagating the signs of devotion. Others are inspired by the Lord and His pure devotees to lead lives of seclusion and intense renunciation. It might be said that Srila Gaurakishwarya Das Babaji, who was a genuine bhajanandi, did little preaching. Yet, his influence was felt by the greatest preacher of the day. Who was that? Srila Bhaktisiddhan Saraswati Thakur. And that preacher gave him credit as his inspiration. Therefore, although it is a fact that Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur, Srila Bhakti, uh, Saraswati Thakur and Srila A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada all emphasized widely preaching Krishna consciousness for the benefit of all, we should not commit the blunder of imagining that a devotee like Srila Das Babaji Maharaj was less advanced than they. Very few devotees in this age are qualified to perform nirjan bhajan in this age means in Kaliuga. Nirjan bhajan means solitary worship. The very few devotees are qualified to do nirjan bhajan in the manner of Haridas Thakur, Raghunath Goswami, Lokanath Goswami, Jagannath Das Babaji Maharaj or Gaur Das Babaji Maharaj. In fact, those who attempt it generally end up meditating on sex life and performing illicit activities in secret. Such efforts are often motivated by a desire to achieve name and fame as a Vaishnava. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur has written about this and Srila Prabhupada has also commented. Um, this is actually quoting from um, I think Prabhupada's purport. Yeah, Madhyalila, Chaitanya Charitamrita Madhyalila, 9, 11.195 purport from Prabhupada's purport. Here it is said, one reference is made here for those who are very anxious to imitate the behavior of Thakur Haridas in an unnatural way. One must receive the order of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu or his representative before adopting such a way of life. The duty of a pure devotee or a servant of the Lord is to carry out the order of the Lord. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu asked Nityananda Prabhu to go to Bengal and preach. And he asked the Goswami's Roop and Sanathan to go to Vrindavan and excavate the lost places of pilgrimage. In this case, the Lord asked Haridas Thakur to remain there at Jagannath Puri and constantly chant the holy names of the Lord. Thus, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave different persons different orders. And consequently, one should not try to imitate the behavior of Haridas Thakur without being ordered by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu or his representative. Shri La Bhakti Saraswati Thakur condemns such imitation in this way. Dushtaman tumi kiser pratishthar taren nirjaner Tava harinam keval kaitav. It's a beautiful song. In fact, next Monday, we're going to have a class only on this song. Um, that is going to come. We'll discuss more in that. But the, this is the meaning, you see. My dear mind, you are trying to imitate Haridas Thakur and chant the Hare Krishna Mantra in a secluded place. But you are not worth being called Vaishnava because you, what you want is cheap popularity and not the actual qualification of Haridas Thakur. If you try to imitate him, you will fall down for your neophyte position will cause you to think of women and money. Thus, you will fall into the clutches of Maya and your so-called chanting in a secluded place will bring about your downfall. See? In his preaching, Sila Gurgisdas Babaji always spoke out against those who are cheating in the name of reclusive chanting. so he did preach. he was very very uh, hard in his preaching and <clears throat> sometimes even devotees don't understand oh devotees you know should not speak anything uh, in, a, in a strong way. they should always be smiling and you know speaking softly and you know. Yes, I mean, devotee is usually mild. But when need be, then he is very um, not harsh. It's actually out of love. It's actually out of concern. Like Prahlad Maharaj, he said, I don't want to leave these poor fools and rascals in this material world and go back Godhead alone. I want to bring them back also. So he called them fools and rascals, but not out of hatred, not because he, you know, he is disgusted with them. No, he is concerned about them. In that way, he was saying. He called them... These poor fools and rascals. <clears throat> in his preaching, uh, Srila Gaurakishwardas Babaji always spoke out against those who were cheating in the name of reclusive chanting. Srila Siddhan Saraswati Thakur, upon the order and approval, approval of his guru, Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur and Srila Sardas Babaji Maharaj, spent some years performing such secluded bhajan, following a vow similar to that of Srila Haridas Thakur. Yet, he did not recommend it for his followers. In fact, he took situated situating himself within the Varanashram corpus so as to offer respect, special respect to such Paramahamsas as Rupa Goswami and Rupanuga Goswamis, including his father and guru, to demonstrate how exalted and rare such perfect devotion and purity are and how high the qualifications are for those who want to follow in the footsteps of liberated souls. So if you do not know, Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur uh, remained a sannyasi. He did not take Babaji, Babaji um, vesh or uh, attire why because he wanted to show that uh, you know it's not a cheap thing everybody knows the qualification of bhagatsidan saraswati thakur so if he also did not take a babaji vesh that means how if he thinks if he thinks himself unqualified to accept babaji initiation and become a babaji which is babaji means it is greater than even <clears throat> sannyas. basically Paramahamsa sanyas highest order even uh, giving up, even the identification with any of the varnashram. just like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, Naham mm-hmm. varani, nachagraha patir, no manastho yatirva, kintu prothyan, nikhila Paramananda the gopi, bhartu, padaka malayor, dasa, dasa, dasa. He said, uh, What is that? <coughs> uh, that is actually the second line I started from. The first line is, uh, Naham. Vipro Naham vipro na chanarapatir na nasudro na sudro Naham varni na chagrihapatir novanastho Kintu prodyan nikhila paramananda purna Gopi Bhartu padakamalayo dasa dasa Dasah. So this is in Chetani Charitamrita Madhalila 13.18 so it is said, Shaitan Mahaprabhu is saying, I am not a Brahmana, Kshatriya, Vaishya, Shudra, not Brahmachari, Grihastha, Vanaprastha, Sannyas. I am only the servant of the servant of the servant of the servant of Krishna, who is the maintainer of the gopis. So he disassociated himself with any of the four Varna and Ashramas above. And that is the platform of the pure soul. Hmm. But anyway, since because we have. Um, materially we are materially conditioned so to regulate such conditioned activities and you gradually go towards spiritual activity this varnashram system is instituted it is to regulate the conditional um, mentality of the conditioned souls especially human beings and organize human society in such a way that they gradually elevate towards spiritual um, perfection and the spiritual perfection means to actually Dissociate. Uh, Sarvopadhi ve nirmuktam nirmalam So, all designations given up and completely situated only on the pure soul platform as a servant of Krishna. So, that is called Babaji Vesh, basically. Babaji position means he has attained that state not simply by changing dress but actually in his heart and mind. He is completely spiritualized. So, Bhaktasiddhan Saraswaja Thakur remained as a sannyasi. He did not want to take Babaji Vesh because Although, he was perfectly qualified. Hmm? Even from his very birth, he could, uh, we can notice how qualified he was. Uh, we, maybe we can do a series on uh, his life one day. But, he was qualified from the very birth, every, everybody could see his exalted nature. Even then, he did not accept. Because he just want to show that even a person qualify, as qualified as me, in the eyes of worldly you know, people, uh, if I don't accept Babaji, that means how exalted is Babaji, Wish. Uh, or Babaji's position. So, to give respect to Rupa, Rupa Goswami and such Goswamis as Gaurakishwar Babaji and Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he did not accept. All right. <clears throat> One should at any rate not misunderstand the position of a genuine devotee like Gaurakishwar Das Babaji who was actually a liberated Paramahamsa Babaji. According to the material view, he, he made his appearance in the world in an ordinary Vaishya family and was not well educated, being practically illiterate. Hmm. actually some of these things are already mentioned. Anyway, we'll read huh? They are mentioned later on. <coughs> According to the material view, who he made his appearance in the worldly in the world in an ordinary Vaishya, merchant class family, and was not well educated, being practically illiterate. Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur has described his spiritual master in his song Shri Guru Parampara as Maha Bhagavata Maha Bhagavata bar Ari Gaur bar Hari Bhajanete jar Moda The eminent Maha Bhagavata Srila Gaur kishor Das Babaji whose sole joy was found in Hari Bhajan Hari Bhajan means in service of Krishna Bhajan means not only to sing but also in Bhajan means to serve service Whose sole joy was found in Hari Bhajan. Shri Prabhupada described him in a letter to Raya Ram Das, dated December 14, 1967. To think of becoming a fool is the real qualification of a bona fide disciple. As soon as one thinks that he has become the wiser man than the spiritual master, one is surely doomed. We should remain everlastingly a fool before the spiritual master, not artificially but feelingly, and then we can make real progress. Even my spiritual master, a great scholar, remained a so-called fool before his spiritual master, who was outwardly an illiterate village fellow. So in the absolute world, the fool is also the master, and the master is also a fool in reciprocal dealings. Lord Chaitanya also accepted himself as a great fool before his spiritual master, and all of us must follow this transcendental process. So, In his manifest pastime, Srila Gurgishwar Das Babaji Maharaj exhibited a relentless, acute detachment and indifference to the material world. On the other hand, when he took occasion to extol the unlimited glories of the Holy Name and point out the varieties of cheating and hypocrisy of so-called renunciates, as well as to reveal the inherent uselessness of endeavours for material happiness, his preaching was always effective and penetrating for his sincere hearers. Although outwardly almost illiterate and seemingly blind, Scholars would approach him for the proper siddhanta or conclusion of difficult philosophical issues, and they always received perfect explanations. Srila Gaurgi Sardas Babaji Maharaj was delighted to sit and hear the discourses of Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur at Surabhikunj, Navadvipa, and he respected Thakur Bhaktivinoda as a siksha In fact, there was, um, at, in, on one occasion, he even corrected Bhaktisiddhan Saraswati Thakur. I mean, just imagine correcting Bhaktisiddhan Saraswati Thakur. How, <laughs> that was Gaurgishwardas Babaji's position. Not at all to be lightly taken at all. Srila <clears throat> um, Gaurgishwardas Babaji Maharaj was delighted to sit and hear the discourses of Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur okay, at Surabhi Kunj, Navadip. And he respected Thakur Bhaktivinoda as a Siksha Now, Bhaktivinoda Thakur was a householder when he was giving these speeches. And Gaurikishor Das Babaji was a Babaji. Already more than sannyasi. But he used to hear from this Grihastha devotee, Bhaktivinu Thakur. That again shows that um, if a person is spiritually qualified, if he is a pure devotee, it doesn't matter where he comes from. We can hear him. Jai Krishna Tattva Vita Guru hoy Whoever is the expert in the science of Krishna, and one can only be an expert in the science of Krishna by pure devotion only by bhakti ekaya grahya. Krishna can only be understood by perfect devotion not with our big big scholarship no so Gaurakishwaradas Babaji fully knew the position of Bhaktivinoda Thakur although he was grahastha with so many children you know he had more than 10 children Bhaktivinoda Thakur uh, still he came and heard from him you see This was his sincere feeling as well as a proper observance of etiquette, for he took Babaji initiation from Shri Jagannath Das Babaji's disciple Shri Bhagavad Das Babaji Maharaj, which made Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur the god-brother of Shri Gaurgishwara Das Babaji's Babaji Maharaj's Deekshaguru Nevertheless, Shri Bhaktivinoda Thakur considered Shri Gaurgishwara Das Babaji Maharaj his dear friend and he took Babaji initiation from him in 1908 So they were actually contemporaries although Gauragishwardas Babaji was hearing from Bhaktivana Thakur Bhaktivana Thakur did not um, pose himself as a spiritual master for Gauragishwardas Babaji He in fact considered him a very very close friend and in fact glorified his renunciation whenever he used to speak whenever the chance came he used to glorify the activities of Gauragishwardas Babaji Maharaj and also he personally took Babaji initiation from Gauragishwardas Babaji Maharaj Hmm. and so in that way Gauragishwardas Babaji Maharaj became the Babaji Guru that means the one who initiated him into Babaji vaish. Um, so, in that way, they, that was the reciprocal dealings with each other. It was Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur who directed Srila Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur to the lotus feet of Srila Gaurgi Surdhas Babaji. Bhaktivinoda Thakur was the one who asked his son Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur to go and take initiation from uh, Gaurgi Babaji Maharaj. In the history which follows, it may not always be perfectly clear why Srila Gaurgi Sudhas Babaji acted as he did, but we can at least be certain that he acted according to the dictation of Krishna for the benefit of the world. By hearing about his unrelenting intolerance of all forms of hypocrisy and deception and his tremendous austerity and devotion, we may hope to gain determination to practice Krishna consciousness with purity and to give up all forms of deceit and duplicity. Crookedness, hypocrisy and deceit are anarthas, obstructive contaminations of the heart which are represented by the demonic wizard uh, or demon Bakasura who was killed by Krishna. This is described in the Sri Chaitanya Sikshamrita of Srila Bhaktivana Thakur. The Thakur also states that without the destruction of deceit and crookedness, pure devotion to Krishna cannot arise. Therefore, we should pray that by recounting the glorious activities of Srila Gaurakishvarada's Babaji Maharaj, the eternal associate of the Lord, the personification of renunciation who constantly exhibited powerful ecstatic feelings of separation from Krishna and the cutter of the pretenders and hypocrites with the acts of his unstinting mercy, that he will be pleased to bless us with a particle of his mercy. Being thus blessed with his divine grace, one can easily surmount the illusory web of crookedness and deceit and gain entrance into the kingdom of God mahatsevaam Mahurvimukte, Dwaram yoshitam sangi sangam Mahantaste, Samashitta prashanta vimanyava sadhavoye this is Bhagavatam 552 one can attain the path of liberation from material bondage only by rendering service to the highly advanced spiritual personalities these personalities are impersonalists and devotees whether one wants to merge into their lord's existence or wants to associate with the personality of godhead one should render service to the mahatmas for those who are not interested in such activities who associate with people fond of women and sex, the path of hell is wide open. The Mahatmas are equipoised. They do not see any difference between one living being and another. They are very peaceful and are fully engaged in the devotional service. They are devoid of anger and they work for the benefit of everyone. They do not behave in any abominable way. Such people are known as Mahatmas. So here, the following accounts are taken from articles which appeared first in the Sajjana magazine. The magazine published originally published under the auspices of Sri Shri La Sachidhananda Bhaktivana Thakur and continued by Shri La Bhaktisiddhan Saraswati Thakur. The articles first appeared in 1917, shortly after the disappearance pastime of Shri La Gaurga Maharaj and bore the title Amar Prabhur Katha, which in English means Tales of My Spiritual Master. These articles were written by Shri La Bhaktisiddhan Saraswati Thakur and the original articles may be found in the Devananda Gaudiya Math in Navadvip, West Bengal and its branch in Mathura, Uttar Pradesh. The Chaitanya Mutt later compiled these articles into a single small book upon which much of this volume is based. Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur instructs us therein how bewildered souls pregnant with arrogance and intoxicated with desires for sense gratification approach the spiritual master pretentiously. The neophyte devotees are always in a precarious situation. Due to a lack of proper knowledge and sufficient faith, their tendency is to imitate exalted Vaishnavas. Such imitation, however, causes one to become degraded. One should not imitate the behavior of an advanced devotee or Mahabhagod without being self-realized. For by such imitation one will eventually become degraded. The Nectar of Instruction, page 58. One must study Srila Gauragiswathas Babaji Maharaj's instructions in order to escape the jaws of false renunciation and offensive imitation. In his introduction to these articles, Srila Bhaktasiddhan Saraswati Thakur wrote. You see how he wrote. I have been busy within this material world trying to bring sense gratification within the grasp of my hand. I have often thought that by obtaining the objects of sense gratification, all my shortcomings will be fulfilled. I often attained different facets that were very rare indeed, but my own personal shortcomings were never mitigated. In this material world, I have had the association of very aristocratic persons. However, seeing their various deficiencies, I could not offer them praise. The most merciful Supreme Lord Shri Gaurasundar, seeing me in such a lamentable condition at a time of adversity, gave permission to his two dearmost devotees, Shri Bhaktivinoda Thakur and Shri Gaur Kishordas Babaji to grant their blessings to me. Because I was always intoxicated with a worldly false ego, wanting to, repeat it, wanting to be repeatedly praised, I deprived myself of my own real benefit. But because of the influence of my previous births, activities and devotional service, I came into the association of Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur, who was the form of my spiritual well-wisher. My spiritual master Srila Gaurikishor Das Babaji would go and visit Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur and many times would reside with him. Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur out of his compassion for other living entities pointed out my spiritual master Srila Gaurikishor Das Babaji. Upon seeing my spiritual master, the extent of my worldly false ego diminished. I knew that all the other living entities who have taken the human form of life were also fallen and low like myself. But by gradually observing the spiritual character of my master, I realized that only a Vaishnava could reside in this material world and be of exemplary character." See how humbly he was writing. Actually, Srila Bhaktisadana Sarasva Thakur is none of that. He is not a you know, proud person, nothing like that. But This is how a devotee thinks. This is how a devotee thinks, a real devotee thinks. Sorry the I think the last part of it was not visible to you. So there it is. (coughs) Now, this is the first chapter, actually now it is starting only. What is the time? Wow, already 45 minutes gone. (coughs) Family Life and Renunciation Srila Gauraki Sordhas Babaji Maharaj appeared sometime in the 1830s In the district of uh, Faridapur adjacent to the place called Tepakhol in the village of Vajyan in East Bengal or what is now known as Bangladesh. He appeared in that village which is situated on the bank of the Padma river as the son of a Vaishya most probably called Vamsidas. According to one biographer however, Vamsidas was the name of Srila Gaurgishore before he took to the renounced order. Anyway, so during his boyhood his mother and father arranged Um, a marriage for him and he remained in household affairs for more than 20 years while a householder he worked as a broker in the grain business but even at that time he exhibited his spirituality after the demise of his wife Srila Gaurgishore left his business and went to Vrindavan there he approached Srila Bhagavad Das Babaji Maharaj one of the foremost disciples of Srila Jagannath Das Babaji Maharaj and accepted from him the traditional Paramahamsa Vaishnava Babaji dress after this, he became completely renounced and sojourned under trees in various parts of the 168-mile Vrajamandal, circle of Vrindavan. He continuously acted thus for a period of approximately 30 years. For 30 years, he was just living under trees in Vrindavan. During this time, he would sometimes travel to the holy places of pilgrimage in the northern and western India, as well as the Mandal, the circle of Navadvip. He associated with Srila Swaroop Das Babaji Maharaj in Jagannath Bhoori, whose ecstatic activities were recounted by Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur in his autobiography. He also associated with Sri Bhagwan Das Babaji in Kalna. He went to Kulia, the holy site of Srila Jagannath Das Babaji's bhajan, and associated with Srila Chaitanya Das Babaji. All of these Babaji's were pure and exalted devotees. Srila Gaurakishwara Das Babaji became very famous among the great devotees of Vrindavan and was awarded the appropriate title of Whose, Anandi means one who is happy um, and who is happy with bhajana, with Krishna's service. So he is called bhajananandi. Even though he received such honor, he never endeavored for even a modicum of material sense gratification and totally disapproved of the secret material desires of pseudo-renunciates. He was entirely removed from such inclinations and would perform his pure unalloyed devotional pastimes alone in a profound devotional mood. In the year 1897, during the month of Palguna, when he was in his 60s and at the time when the Yoga Peet, birth site of Sri Chaitanya was revealed by the exertions of Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur, Srila Gaurgishwadas Babaji proceeded to Navadvip Dham from Vrindavan. So after staying 30 years in uh, Vrindavan, <coughs> under different different trees, he moved to Navadvip after the holy site of uh, appearance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was discovered by Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Srila <clears throat> uh, Gaurgishwa Babaji proceeded to Navadvip Dham from Vrindavan under the instruction of Srila Jagannath Das Babaji Maharaj from this time until his disappearance Srila Gaurgishwa Das Babaji remained in Sri Navadvip Dham living in different villages and realizing their non-difference from the holy places of Vrindavan uh, he begged by gathering dry foodstuffs from the householders of the holy dham Uh, He would sometimes offer those foodstuffs to the Supreme Personality of Godhead by the simple expedient of holding them in His hand. Not that sometimes only He offers to Krishna, every time He offers, but sometimes He offers by holding them in His hand and offering to Krishna like that, without any plate or any of these things. In order to cook, He would collect dry wood from the paths and He would wash earthen pots discarded by the villagers along the roadside near the Ganges River, Ganga River on the occasion of eclipses. Due to the effects of an eclipse, such pots were considered impure and unusable. So during eclipses, they used to throw the earthen pots and he used to collect them and he used to cook in them and he used to use use them. In order to clothe himself, he would go to the shore of the Ganga and collect and wash discarded cloth that had been used to cover corpses at the burning ghat. You know, when the dead body is there, when somebody dies, he is covered in cloth and he is burned. So, if there is some cloth that is remaining uh, from those dead bodies, if it is thrown around, some torn cloth or something, he would use that. He never went and bought something. He never, Just like that. You know. <clears throat> Thus, he always remained independent of the support of others simply by utilizing items of no value to anyone else. In such a manner, he obtained the practical necessities of life. In 1897, Śrīla Bhaktivinoda Thakur uh, Okay, you know what? i put this here. So in 1897, Śrīla Bhaktivinoda Thakur constructed his place of bhajan on the bank of the Saraswati river at Godruma, the, the, the island of the nine islands of Navadvip, which represents Kirtan, recitation of the holy names uh, and glories of God. That ashram which was called Svananda Sukhada Kunj and consisted of a moderate two-story house, several small outbuildings and a walled compound was a gathering place for exalted souls. In fact, now also you can go and see that place. I think some of you may have gone to Navadvip, Godrumadvip, where you can actually go to the Svananda Sukhada Kunj, which was the house of Thakur, the Thakur, the two-story house and everything is still intact. You can actually go inside and see everything. <coughs> It was a gathering place for exalted souls. Previously it had been the site of Lord Nityananda's Namhatta, the place from whence Lord Nityananda inaugurated his preaching exploits in Bengal under the order of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Here the Thakur recited and explained the Srimad Bhagavatam and other topics regarding the conclusions of devotional service, and Srila Gaurkishore Das Babaji Maharaj would come and hear those talks with great delight. The Thakur often cited the behavior of Srila Gaurkishore to elucidate the meaning of the word nirapeksha or indifference. He often discussed the unequal renunciation, pure devotion, and attachment to Krishna that Babaji Maharaj displayed. In the days of the Thakur's retirement, the two souls met and associated in great happiness. For some time, Babaji Maharaj stayed in Surabhi Kunj and performed Haribhajan. His room, which adjoined the wall of the Kunja, has been preserved. Babaji Maharaj displayed fervent enthusiasm upon hearing the discourses of the Thakur. His only possessions were the tulasi beads he wore around his neck and the tulasi mala rosary he kept in his hand for counting his rounds. He also kept a few books such as Narutum Das Thakur's Prarthana and Premabhakti Chandrika. Sometimes he wore a torn cloth and sometimes he went naked. At other times he would utter harsh sounds of disgust for no apparent reason. Even though it appeared that Gauragaswar Das Babaji was not a learned scholar, still the purport and conclusions of all scriptures were luminous in his heart and character. In fact, regarding Narutam Nas books, there is an incident which happened. One devotee, he asked Das Babaji Maharaj, what is the price to get love of Krishna? What is the price we have to pay? And Das Babaji said, five anas. Anas means, ana means, now it is no more in India. Uh, One ana, sorry, eight anas was one rupee. So four annas means half a rupee. So he said five annas, That means little more than half a rupee. Less than one rupee. So he said that is the price of love of Godhead. The devotee did not understand. What? So cheap? Yes. Then he asked him. He gave him five annas And then asked him to go to the market and buy these uh, books. Prarthana and bhakta Chandrika of Narottam Thakur. You purchase these books. You read these songs. And you will become a perfect lover of Godhead. He said like that. Gauri saradas Babaji. It was never possible for anyone to serve Him, for He was never willing to accept any kind of service from any person. Whosoever witnessed His unearthly, genuine condition of renunciation was reminded of the pastimes of Srila Raghunath Das Goswami. All kinds of divine powers and opulences were always waiting at His command, ready to serve Him. Sometimes such powers would be manifest in the form of His appearing to be omniscient. He was always able to reveal the deceitful nature lying within the hearts of pretenders. Although a person resided outside his immediate purview, Srila uh, would could elaborately and scrutinizingly reveal the person's cheating nature because he was in direct contact with super-soul. This ability, however, was not his principal virtue. He exhibited the highest standard of devotion to the Supreme Lord Shri Krishna and because of his exemplary character, he was recognized as the personification of the deepest degree of separation from Lord Sri Krishna. Um, uh, what is that in the verse? Sakshad Vairagya Murteya Vipralambhara sambhode padam bujayate Namaha. Vipralambha means separation from Krishna. And because of um, his exemplary character, he was recognized as the personification of the deepest degree of separation from Lord Sri Krishna. This is what distinguished him from most other Vaishnavas and what spread the luster of his lotus feet. Uh, Srila Bhaktisiddhan Saraswati Thakur has written, Many young, clever, old, learned, foolish, proud and reasonable persons came into contact with Srila Gaurikishor Prabhu. So all kinds of people, young, clever, old, learned, foolish, proud and reasonable persons. Everybody came to him, yet they could not realize his real identity. This is indeed the mystic opulence of the devotees of Lord Krishna. Many persons came to consult with Srila Gaurikishor Prabhu about their insignificant desires. You see, they would always get suggestions, but those suggestions were always were usually the cause of their disappointment. <laughs> because these people want something material, they come to him, you know, Sadhu will help me. So they come to him uh, to get their material desires fulfilled, but he would uh, direct them towards spiritual life, and in fact, um, give little um, importance to such material desires. And because they are usually meant on the platform of renunciation, so they, the people would, would get disappointed by his advice. But actually, that was what they really needed to hear. But they don't want to hear that. They want some consolation on the material platform. But that will not actually really help the soul. But they don't understand. So, they would always get suggestions, but those suggestions were usually the cause of their disappointment. Innumerable persons accepted the Babaji dress and acted as devotees of the Lord. But actually, they were imposters, far away from being real sadhus. Srila Gaurakishwar never accepted such a false way of life. His sincerity was apparent in itself. His loving attitude was such that even when he obtained a very opulent offering, his renunciation predominated. Srila Gaurakishwar Babaji never displayed any distaste for those persons who were inimical to him. He also never manifested any special affection for those very dear to Him. He would often express Himself saying, In this material world, I am all alone in my service to Lord Krishna. Everyone is worshipable by Me. Another noteworthy transcendental topic is that many materialistic foolish persons masquerading as devotees and imitating pure devotion would come and surround Him. They would consider that they were the dear objects of his affection, while they engage their minds in so many worldly sense objects. Srila Gaurakishvara Prabhu would never display any intention of driving them away and also no symptoms of a compromising attitude. Same. I think this, this thing maybe is a little bit big. No, that's, that's the smallest I can go, okay in Svananda Kunj. In 1898, Srila Sadas Babaji Maharaj, the embodiment of the highest boon in the succession of the Rupanuga Sampradaya, arrived singing in a plaintive voice. You know what is plaintive? In a very sad and somber mood. Um, He is singing in a plaintive voice at the newly constructed Svananda Kunj. This transcendental crown jewel of the renounced order was wearing a cap made of tiger skin, and was carrying a basket containing various items employed by him in his devotional service. Now you may think, oh, he's supporting some poaching of tigers. No, no, no. Usually this was done when a tiger dies, the sages, it was usually a practice even in the, in the olden days, when the sages used to live in the forest, you know, tigers, they always die, you know, every, every, everybody dies, right? So when a tiger dies, uh, they will take the skin of the tiger and then they will use that as a seat and you know to protect them so in fact because there's no pores in the tiger skin or even even lions they don't have pores like us they don't sweat they sweat from the tongue that's why when it is hot it is very too too unbearable for them always even dog also does that he lets out his tongue and that's how they uh, you know cool themselves so anyway tiger skin is used or deer skin is used like that and they sit on that so that snakes won't come and disturb. When they sit like that on the tiger skin or deer skin, snakes usually won't come and disturb. There was a reason, but anyway, um, somehow or other he had this tiger cap, which also is a rejected uh, rejected thing. He always only accepts rejected things, which are thrown away on the street. In fact, there is a nice, I will not switch the screen much, but I'll just read from the iPad. Um, you won't be able to see it, but I mean, I can change, but I'm just going to read it from here. In Srimad Bhagavatam, if you see in the second chapter, Sukadeva Goswami says like that. Mm. No, no, not this. Um. Hmm. Okay. You see this? I think I'll show it because it's a nice thing to learn. I need to move a little bit. Okay. You see this? Srimad Bhagavatam Canto 2.2.3. Adhaka virnama suyavadartha. Siadapramato vyavasaya buddhi Sidhanyathe Nayateta Tatra Parishramam Tatra Samyekshana Samyekshamana You see here for this reason what reason You see? The way of pre- the previous was, the translation is like this. The way of presentation of the Vedic Sounds is so bewildering that it directs the intelligence of the people one second, I just unnecessary notifications. So, <clears throat> the way of presentation of the Vedic Sounds is so bewildering that it directs the intelligence of the people of people to meaningless things like the Heavenly Kingdoms. <laughs> meaningless things like the Heavenly Kingdoms. The conditioned souls hover in dreams of such heavenly, heavenly, illusory pleasures, but actually they do not relish any tangible happiness in such places. So this no ab bhuvana loka punaravarthina It's a full dukhale This place is meant for miseries. If we are expecting for some happiness here, it is stupidity. So anyway, so how to live in this world then? So that is the this verse. For this reason, the enlightened person should endeavour only for the minimum necessities of life, while in the world of Names, this material world. He should be intelligently fixed and never endeavour for unwanted things, being competent to perceive practically that all such endeavours are merely hard labour for nothing. Next, When there are ample earthly flats to lie on, what is the necessity of cots and beds? When one can use one's own arms, what is the necessity of a pillow? When one can use the palms of his hands, what is the necessity of varieties of utensils? When there is ample covering of the skins of trees, what is the necessity of clothing? Are there no torn clothes lying on the common road to cover oneself? So this is exactly... Why I am showing you this because this is how Gargisadas Babaji lived. Are there no torn clothes lying on the common road? Do the trees which exist... For maintaining others no longer give alms in charity? Do the rivers being dried up no longer supply water to the thirsty? Are the caves of the mountains now closed? Or above all, does the Almighty Lord not protect the fully surrendered souls? Why then do the learned sages go to flatter those who are intoxicated by hard-earned wealth? Hmm. So for personal reasons, we should not uh, take to begging You know, for, for uh, this thing. For Krishna's, yes, for Krishna's reason, yes, we may ask as many, as much contribution as you know um, we can to you know for his service, but not for our personal, this thing, personal, uh, for our personal maintenance, you know, these things are mentioned like this. Of course, nowadays, it's not possible to live like this. You know, uh, Prabhupada has us to live in temples at least, if you, you know, if one is a full time devotee, but you know, because in Kali we are not accustomed to these things, this kind of living, but this principle is there. and. People used to live like this and Gaurakishwadas Babaji is a perfect example of this. Next. Thus being fixed, one must render service under the super soul situated in one's own heart by his omnipotency. Because he is the almighty personality of Godhead, eternal and unlimited, he is the ultimate goal of life and by worshipping him, one can end the cause of the conditioned state of existence. So in this way, these verses are there. We'll go back to... uh, why this thing? We'll go back to this uh, life of gauri Shadas, Babaji. So, so he was wearing this tiger cap and was carrying a basket containing various items employed by him uh, in his devotional service. After his arrival, he offered Srila Bhaktisiddhan Saraswati four or five pieces of rope upon which to chant rounds of Harinam, knotted rope, you know, knots, and those knots are the, like the beads, so he he knotted in those ropes, and then the, that rope he used to count. <coughs> <clears throat> so he gave five four to five pieces of such rope to Bhakti Siddhanth Saraswatako. A tilak stamp with the initials of Hare Krishna, that means Ha and Kri, and tiger skin cap and other paraphernalia of a worship of the Lord. Babaji Maharaj had previously received the basket and cap from his spiritual master. Ah, this is the thing. He received them from his spiritual master, Śrīla Bhagavad-dās Babaji Maharaj. That same year, in the month of Magha, Babaji Maharaj initiated Śrīla Bhaktisiddhāna Saraswati Thakur <coughs> in, in 1898. The great Vaishnava often came to Svananda Kunj uh, to hear Śrīla Bhaktivinoda Thakur's explanations of the srimad Bhagavatam. He would usually arrive around 3 o'clock in the afternoon and leave around, leave around 5 o'clock. On several occasions, he spent the night in a corner of Svananda Kunj in a small hut with a tin roof. Sometimes he would stay in Pradyumna Kunj and then again he would fast and under no circumstances accept Prasad. In this way, he would either fast, accept Prasad or cook for himself. Sometimes he would behave as if afflicted by the disease called Shiro Roga, insanity and by blindness. Shiloh Bhaktivinoda Thakur arranged a balanced diet for him, but to his dismay, Babaji Maharaj continued to follow his program of unsurpassable renunciation, disregarding the aforementioned diet. You know? Bhaktivinoda Thakur was very concerned about his health and he was, you know, giving some balanced diet, you know, all this kind of kinds of prasad, but he rejected anything. he, he refused to be served and he refused to accept anything. He followed, continued to follow his program of unsurpassable renunciation, disregarding the aforementioned diet. He eventually lost his sight, almost fully in both eyes. He never cared for his health <coughs> and he lost his eyes, he became blind. In the year 1908, Srila Gaurakishwar thoroughly lost his physical vision. In the following year, <coughs> He stopped traveling and resided principally in Navadvip at Pradyumna Kunj and sometimes stayed at Godruma with Thakur. Uh, that means Thakur. Pradyumna Kunj had previously been owned by Sarachandra Vasu of South Calcutta, but that gentleman died and the Kunj was inhabited by Babaji Maharaj. When he sojourned with the Thakur, he would chant Japa and perform his internal service to Lord Krishna. Sometimes becoming aloof from external bodily consciousness, he would be unaware of whether he was dressed or not and he would go to swim in the Saraswati river with his cloth open. Thereafter, he would enter his small bhajan kutir and in a very deep voice would begin chanting the names of the gopis of Vrindavan. So, bhajan kutir is like a small hut. If you go to Vrindavan and, um, uh, Vrindavan and also in Navadvip area, you will find all these small, small huts where these great saints used to sit, I mean, sit down and chant Hare Krishna. Rupa Goswami had his Bhajan Kutir. Sanatan Goswami, Raghunand Das Goswami, all of them had Bhajan Kutirs. <coughs> kutir means hut, like a small place. You know. Next, the illusory universe. See, all these are very cha- short, short chapters actually. Many of them are short chapters, some are a little bit longer. I think we have already read the longest chapters until now. Now, what follows are are all mostly short chapters. When it seemed that Gauragishwar Das Babaji's eyesight was deteriorating, Srila Saraswati Thakur, Bhaktisiddhan Saraswati Thakur, requested him to go to Calcutta for treatment. Thakur Bhaktivinath also repeatedly requested him to go there, but Srila Gauragishwar would reply, I will never go to the illusory universe, Calcutta. (laughs) He called Calcutta an illusory universe. Once Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur informed Babaji Maharaj that his servant Srila Saraswati Thakur would stay with him in Calcutta and thus Babaji Maharaj would not have to suffer any inconvenience there. Upon hearing this, Srila Gaurakishwar Prabhu replied, I will never accept service from Prabhu. Although Bhaktisiddhanta was his disciple, he said like this. He considered him his Prabhu. He used to always call his disciple Bhaktisiddhanta as his Prabhu, as his master. That was his humility. I will never accept service from Prabhu. Rather, I shall die by drowning. If I drown myself in, in the Ganga, I will become a ghost. Uh, so, I will drown myself in the Saraswati. So, in this, in this way, he used to think and say it out loud. Repeating this statement, you see, he used to repeat. Uh, repeating the statement, Sula then left post-haste, running towards the Saraswati river. He wanted to commit suicide. Which flowed close to the entrance of the Swananda Kunj. Shri Saraswati Thakur pursued him, try, trying to dissuade him humbly and repeatedly requesting him to return. After this incident, he was not to be found for 45 days. Gauragishwadās Babaji never was found for 45 days. Then, just as suddenly, he reappeared at Kunj and announced, I can't achieve Śrī Krishna by killing myself. Nevertheless, I cannot tolerate anyone serving me. Although requested hundreds of times to take medicine, Shri Gaurgishwar um, never consented. Srila Gaurgishar always observed the Ekadasi fast rigidly, rejecting even water. On other days, he often ate dried, cracked rice soaked in water with chilies, or at other times simply earth from the bank of the Ganga. He just uh, just had uh, dirt or earth from the Ganga, bank of Ganga. His renunciation was not artificial, however, but was symptomatic of his indifference to the worldly existence. (coughs) <coughs> so these are the stories of his life you see how much exalted he was Sri Mayapur from 1907 to 1908 that means about one year Shri Saraswati Thakur lived in Mayapur at the Yoga Pit Yoga Pit is the birth site of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu now, now also there is a temple there in Mayapur Yoga Pit you can go and see there oh. it was here that the Adhokshaja deity of Srila Jagannath, Jagannath Mishra the father of Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was later unearthed. Uh, before construction of the Yogapit temple began, Gauragishwardas Babaji went there from Kulia on many occasions. Um, during this period he gave many instructions Instructions to Srila Saraswati Thakur and Saraswati Thakur engaged in his Guru's service. Once, although externally completely blind, Babaji Maharaj arrived alone at Sridham Mayapur at the Yogapit in the early hours of the morning. Later that day, Srila Saraswati Thakur, amazed to see him and realizing that he must somehow have crossed the Ganga in the dead of night and walked several miles, inquired, When did you arrive? Babaji Maharaj replied, I arrived at about 2 in the morning. Completely astonished, Srila Saraswati Thakur then asked, What was it that brought you here last night and how was it possible for you to see the path? Babaji Maharaj answered, "Uh, Someone showed me the proper way. Srila Saraswati Thakur replied, We can see with our external vision, but you appear to be blind. Who would bring you such a long distance by the hand and then upon arriving here suddenly leave in the middle of the night? How is it that you were able to come? It must have been Sri Krishna who personally brought you here. (coughs) Hearing this supposition, Srila Babaji Maharaj began to laugh slightly. The fact was that in those days one could not walk from Kulia to Mayapur because there were no footpaths. And one could not take a boat because there were no landing places. Um, Srila Bhaktisiddhan Saraswati again inquired, Who brought you across the river? Srila Gaurgishwar answered in the same amused manner, saying, Someone took me across the river. His disciple could then understand that the mysterious person was none other, none other than Vrajanandan Sri Krishna. Next the real and pretend, pretender Bhajananandi. Once, while Srila Gaurgishore was residing in a Dharmashala in Kulia, Okay, just before we go here, just to, you know, elaborate a little bit here on the story. You see, how a pure devotee behaves. Let us notice these things because nowadays I am seeing, I mean, so many devotees, they don't understand the nuances and you know, they always I mean, anybody, even I have this disease that we want to show off our devotion. You know, if if Krishna actually personally, you know, even if Krishna came in a dream, we will be most, um, you know, of course, we will be happy to see Krishna in a dream if we can. But if at all, if something sometimes happens, we may broadcast it to the whole world. Partly because it was a ecstatic experience, but also... Probably to show off that you see, I'm such a great devotee that Krishna or Prabhupada, you know, somebody came into my dream. <clears throat> but you see how Gaurgeswadas Babaji um, just said someone someone, he did not he did not mention it because once he mentions it, immediately he will be known as a great person. He did not want that. He knew he was guarding himself from any praise that would come his way and that's what we need to see and try to understand of course he would even if people hundreds and thousands of people praised him he will not be bewildered he, because he's completely fixed in krishna but he's teaching by his own example how um, you know <clears throat> a person should uh, think of course for example like Prabhupada, he got so much praise and he appreciated their praise also but not in the false ego manner uh, he appreciated that they have they appreciated devotional service so in that way and then um so different acharyas may you know uh, behave in a different way not every every acharya would you know um, not allow himself to be praised even prabhupada also never really uh, showed off his uh, that he was a very great devotee although everybody could see but still he maintained himself as very very humble but still krishna will make it such a way that He will shine and the whole world could see his greatness. And you know, when people appreciated him, he appreciated their appreciation. Because he appreciated that they appreciate devotional service now. And he gave all credit to his spiritual master. He did everything. He did all the preaching of this world, in this world. And then he gave all the credit to Saraswati Thakur. Even when he was the one who went and saved these Americans and even Indians, I mean everybody. Especially when he was in America. And they were all like completely sinful people. And he saved them. But when they became devotees, he said, you all are um, sent by my Guru Maharaj. He saw, my Guru Maharaj saw that I came here alone and I was completely incapable of preaching Krishna consciousness. And I was surely going to fail in my mission. So therefore, he sent all of you to help me in my mission. So you all are representatives of my spiritual master and as worshipable as my own spiritual master for me. You see how Prabhupada is thinking. Without Prabhupada, they wouldn't even know what is even human life. But he considered them representatives of his Guru. That was his humility. Hmm. That humility is always there. But you you see, Gaurakishvadas Babaji also, you see. Someone took me across the river. Someone brought me here. He can give credit to Krishna easily. But, that would indirectly mean credit to himself. Oh, Krishna came, how great you are, you know, you're great, he did not want to hear that. So, these are the nuances we have to learn from the characters of these exalted souls. Okay, next chapter, the real and pretender Bhajananandi. Once while Srila Gauragishore was residing in a Dharmashala in Kulia, Srila Saraswati Thakur asked him how he had lived at Vraja and many questions about the residents of Vrindavan and the various devotees who were performing solitary worship there. Srila Saraswati Thakur specifically asked about the Bhajananandis who were reputed to be perfectly self-realized. Upon hearing the question, Srila Gaurgishwar Goswami laughed again and again and told Saraswati Thakur, they are all imposters. Imposter means cheater, you know, for those of you who do not know. One of the Babaji's in question who lived in Kusam Sarovar uh, in vrindavan was famed as a great bhajana uh, as a great he had a few disciples who were also reputed to be perfectly self realized but babaji maharaj did not even slightly agree to their being genuine after some time these pretenders became afflicted with leprosy of the throat and left their bodies after suffering terribly they had resided in the ha- uh, in the dham with their intelligence bent upon sense gratification and they had behaved offensively toward babaji maharaj hmm. See? Offense, to, offense to the great devotees are no, like suicide. Deception and actual residence in the Holy Dham. Once, a young devotee very anxiously desiring to perform devotional service and reside in the Holy Dham of navadvip came and revealed his intentions to Babaji Maharaj. This young devotee had made arrangements to remain in the dham as a physician, to buy medicines by begging for the money and to thus treat the sick and infirm. He considered that in this way he would be performing his bhajan and also simultaneously performing great welfare activity. To receive confirmation of his his plans, he had come to consult Srila Babaji Maharaj. When he arrived and presented his proposal, he quoted the following verses describing Murari Gupta in the Caitanya Charitamrita, Adi-lila, 10.50 and 51. Pratigraha na hi kare, na laik karodhan, kori kare, kutumba bharan, chikitsa karen jar hoyas, ha iyas adai, deha-rog, bhava-rog, So the translation is. Srila Murari Gupta never accepted charity from friends, nor did he accept money from anyone. He practiced as a physician and maintained his family with his earnings. As Murari treated his patients, by his mercy, both their bodily and spiritual diseases subsided. So he quoted this verse and was justifying his profession uh, that he would be in the similar way he wanted to reside in this holy place and uh, treat the sick people. Baba Babaji Maharaj could understand the young man's inherent insincerity and the pretension of his wanting to live in the, not mama, dharma. <laughs> his pretension of wanting to live in the dham and reveal the defects of his plan by saying, you see, how sharp he was. Anybody would praise such an effort, right? But you see how Babaji Maharaj criticized it. And we should observe the details of such criticism. He said Murari Gupta is an eternal associate of Lord Chaitanya and is always resident in the holy dham. He never expressed any intention to stay in the Lord's dham by unjustly supporting himself so as to enjoy sense gratification. He never at the expense of any temple supported his family nor was he ever interested in earning money to fill his stomach. He neither accepted charity from his friends nor anyone else. He was the reservoir of ecstatic love of Lord Gaura. By his mercy one can achieve love for Gaura. Whomever he would treat. Would become completely freed from all disease and obtain love for Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. One second. Without following the standard of his character, if Murari Gupta's behavior is imitated in a motivated way, then one will be forced to suffer the result of his misdeeds. You are suffering from the disease of material existence yourself, so how will you properly treat others? You should incessantly and earnestly pray for the mercy of Sri Shri Murari Gupta. Murari Gupta actually, by the way, is a contemporary of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, great devotee of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. In fact, he said that he is the incarnation of Hanuman. Hanuman uh, descended as Murari Gupta, and uh, was it Hanuman? Yeah, I think that's what I remember. I may be wrong, but um, <clears throat> so he was a great devotee. You see, um, so you should incessantly and honestly pray for the mercy of Srila Mur- Murari Gupta. Then you will be able to understand what real benevolence is. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has stated that sincere intelligence is exhibited by chanting the holy name of Hari, giving up all pretension. Those who chant with material intentions are considered unintelligent. You should renounce this sort of thinking and devote yourself seriously to the process of hearing and chanting the glories of the Supreme Lord, otherwise your devotion will simply be lust and everything will be ruined. The desire to administer free medicine for the sake of personal prestige and the desire to reside in the dham have nothing in common. See that? Sometimes we think, oh, you know, opening hospitals is a good thing after all. You see what he's saying here. To administer, the desire to administer free medicine for the sake of personal prestige and the desire to reside in the dham have nothing in common. A person interested in fruitive work can never live in the Dham. Hearing his instructions, the doctor asked, what should I do? You see, in this way, his instructions usually all, used to always disappoint, not always, many times disappoint them, because it checks their material in, um, uh, desires. He is always pointed purely in the spiritual direction. So, because they are not purely spiritual yet, so they would sometimes be disappointed by his advices. But nevertheless, he would never stop giving such advice, being discouraged by, you know, uh, them. He would continue. So, he asked, what should I do? Rukhsila Gauraviswathas Babaji replied, If you actually want the benefit of residing in the dham, then you should first give up these ideas you are entertaining. Abandon this misconceived notion of benefiting materialistic persons by distributing free medical treatment. Those who are resolute in performing worship under the Supreme Lord Hari will never discharge any unfavorable activities and they will perform only activities favorable to devotional service. Beyond this, all other activities will be the cause of deep conditioning. If you want to support yourself in the way you have planned, then you should leave the dham and return to your former residence. Do not reside within the supreme abode of the Absolute Truth Sri Krishna and earn your livelihood deceitfully. You see? Even that is considered deceit. Because the deceit, what is the deceit? He's honestly giving you know free medical treatment to you know poor people. What is the deceit? Why did he was why was he criticized so harshly? The deceit is that the interest in devotional service was not there, and he was trying to serve the body of these people, material body. Now you may say free medical treatment is you know good, right? Uh, not as good as uh, treatment of the soul. Preaching is treatment of the soul. To t- treat the disease of the body, like you know, an ordinary doctor does, that you can go to any doctor. Uh, but the resident of the dham means he has to be a devotee. Hmm. Then he is resident of the dham. And the real business is to awaken people to Krishna consciousness. That's why real sadhu never opens hospitals. That's not what he does. He helps people spiritually. Temple is his hospital actually for the soul. He doesn't uh, you know, open a hospital for the body. That, for that you can go to other hospitals which are outside. But temple is a place of pure spiritual activity. The deceit was that he was mixing material and spiritual desires. Uh, so he has to be purely spiritually oriented. That's what Gauravisodas Babaji was pointing to. Sri A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada commented on the two verses above, that Murari Gupta verse, as follows. In the purport, he wrote like this. It should be noted that a grihastha, householder, must not make his livelihood by begging from anyone. Even householder of the higher classes should engage himself in his own occupational duty as a brahmana, Kshatriya or Vaishya, but he should not engage in the service of others, for this is the duty of a Shudra. One should simply accept whatever he earns by his own profession. Murari Gupta could treat both bodily and spiritual disease because he was a physician by profession and a great devotee of the Lord in terms of spiritual advancement. This is an example of service to humanity. One disease is called Adhyatmika or material disease pertaining, um, sorry, one disease which is called Adhyatmika or material disease pertains to the body, but the main disease is spiritual. The living entity is eternal but somehow or other when in contact with the material energy he is subjected to the repetition of birth, death, old age and disease. The physicians of the modern day should learn from Murari Gupta. Gupta. Although modern philanthropic physicians may uh, open gigantic hospitals, there are no hospitals to cure the material disease of the spirit soul. As pointed out by Babaji Maharaj, Murari Gupta was an eternal... resident of the Dham and an eternal associate of the Lord. Thus, his activity should not be imitated by one who does not have the power to cure the disease of material existence. Look at that. Next, the new Babaji. Chapter. A neophyte devotee who had taken the dress of a Babaji often came to converse with Babaji Maharaj. Hmm? See, he was a neophyte, but he took Babaji wish. On one such occasion, he decided to <clears throat> he decided to be, uh, take up the residence in the Holy Dham. He approached a certain queen who was living in Kulia and, and who owned land thereabouts in order to purchase three quarters of an acre of land from her. Upon hearing this news, Babaji Maharaj commented, The supreme abode of the Lord is transcendental. How is it possible that this queen had become, has become a landowner in the Dham? How is it that she is entitled to sell that new Baba a portion of the land of the Dham? All the jewels found within the universe are not valuable enough to purchase even one speck of dust in the dham. Therefore, how can any landowner amass amass enough wealth to become the owner of a plot of the transcendental labor of Sri Navadvip dham? Has this new Baba from the exchange, sorry, has this new Baba for the exchange of the practice of devotional service become entitled to a portion of land in Navadvip dham? Anyone with such uh, materially tinged intelligence is very offensive and far away from actual residence within the dham. Those persons whose attitude is thus tainted by materialistic intelligence, who think that the Dham is part of the material universe, are considered by the devotees of the Supreme Law to be Sahajiyas or cheap imposters. You see this. Nowadays it has become a fashion for many devotees to purchase some flat in Mayapur <coughs> or Vrindavan, you know, and have some residence there. But that's not how we go to the Dham. <coughs> dham is only for spiritual uh, you know only for uh, devotional service and nothing else but you know all these things are going on of course for temple we need land we need you know all that thing that is for for establishing the worship of Krishna that's different but you know live in the dham means like you see how Gauravishwadas Babaji used to live he was living under the trees and wherever he could live some some anath ashram or some, you know, some, some um, this, uh, you know, ashrams for old people or some, you know, traveling uh, monks. So like that, he used to live wherever he could and you know, he, that that's resi- 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 in the holy dham or in the temple like uh, Prabhupada, he lived in the Radha Damodar temple. So that is proper way. And he was, what he was doing, he was not just uh, living in the temple and eating and sleeping. He was publishing his Back to God magazine. He was publishing his Bhagavatam book. He was writing, and he was preparing for his journey to the west. And Rupa Goswami came directly from the window. He could see the samadhi of Rupa Goswami. From that samadhi, Rupa Goswami, in his spiritual form, came before Prabhupada and encouraged him to go to the west. I mean, these are the activities of pure devotees, not that you know they live in the dham to just you know for sense gratification. No. The same applies to the temple a temple even though it is in singapore or any metropolitan city is a dham is a holy place so when we come to the temple we should come not for our materialistic things not only the persons living in the temple the persons living in the temple also should not have materialistic desires they should also of course you know everybody is advancing in spiritual life so of course they still have materialistic desires and all they are being trained up but then that should be the attitude. We should understand from these examples how we should, you know, give up these kinds of ideas for sense gratification. Even when one comes to the temple, even householder devotees, they should not be too much uh, interested in, you know, glorifying their children's what educational uh, conquest. Oh, my my son has got a straight A, or this or that, or or my you know my son became a top cricketer, or you know something. All these things are not for a temple discussion. These are just coming back to the same material, you know, um, discussion, gossip. So, temple is not for that. Temple is a place where only spiritual life is to be cultivated. Sometimes, events of this material world are discussed, but again brought back in connection to Krishna. Um, Everything should be connected with Krishna. It's not not that we should not understand anything about the material world. We should, in connection with Krishna. Krishna and see the fault of materialistic activities, mm, that way. Next, Babaji Maharaj, 7th uh, chapter. Gauru Kishada's Babaji Maharaj's analysis of this incident is very significant. What this Murari Gupta's incident? I mean, this is the so-called doctor. His analysis of this incident is very significant and fully exposes the mistaken attitude of the neophyte devotee. Nothing within the material creation can be possessed by anyone but the supreme proprietor. idam sarvam Yatkincha jagatyam jagat. Everything animate or inanimate within this universe is controlled and owned by the Lord. Ishopanishad 1. It is the greatest illusion to imagine that any facet of the unlimitedly valuable and sublime spiritual realm, which is composed of Chintamani, means the holy dham, or the philosopher's stone, is within the jurisdiction of our controlling power. As a matter of convention, one may say that he owns something, but the real proprietor must never be forgotten. Otherwise, such a conception becomes a source of bewilderment. Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur purchased land in the Dham. You see, Bhaktivinoda Thakur did it. But he was never censured or chastised by Babaji Maharaj, for he perfectly understood who the real possessor was and considered himself merely the custodian of such land. One cannot achieve true residence in the Dham by purchasing a ticket or a plot of land. Srila Narottam Das Thakur has explained the actual process of entering and residing in the transcendental abode such as Navadvipa and Vrindavan. Naruttham Das Thakur has sung, Vishaya kabe shuddha hobe man, kabe hama herabo shri Vrindavan. When one has forsworn material sense gratification and his mind is completely purified, then he is able to behold Vrindavan. So it's not whether we can purchase a land or whether we cannot purchase a land or should not purchase land or whatever. That is immaterial. What is my mood? Where is my mind? What is my bhava? Bhava grahi janardan. He accepts our bhava. Where is my bhava? Is my bhava for my wife? Or for my children? Or for my business? Or for my country? Or for Krishna? Or to get some adoration by becoming a so-called doctor? What is my bhava? Or do I want to purely only serve Krishna? I can say... My bhav is to purely serve Krishna Prabhu. But it will be apparent in our actions. Saying is one thing, that is lip service. But if it does not match up in action, then that is a pretension. So we should not be pretender. We should acknowledge where we are in our spiritual standing. And then genuinely try to improve ourselves with the association of devotees and not pose ourselves as a very, very great devotee and capable of you know, oh Krishna came to me, you know, I I want to do some this thing. Give up that idea. See? <clears> the <throat> so real, what is the real qualification to live in the Dham? Vishyacharya. Give up sense gratification. That is the real, uh, this thing of living in the Dham. Vishayachadia. Then I can know and see what is real Vrindavan. Even in the temple, Temple is also same, non-different from Vrindavan, you see. So in the temple, the um, a person who is not advanced, he will f- try to find all kinds of faults and you know, try to offend devotees, but you should see that temple is a place of service to the Lord. Yes, maybe everybody is advancing in spiritual life, um, they may commit mistakes here and there or whatever, but we should learn how to be strict with oneself and lenient with others. Not strict with others, but lenient with oneself. That is cheating. Hmm. Okay, next. But Gaurgi Sadas Baba was even strict with others and strict with himself. Of course, the, his so-called strict with others is actually his leniency. He was, his practice, personal practice was far more stricter. But when he instructed the people leniently, that itself is unbearable for them. <laughs> Very strict. You see? But he is just showing standard of devotional service. Pure devotional service. Untinged by any material desire. Next chapter. Deception and devotional service. Once, a resident of Bangladesh, then East Bengal, who was a very wealthy landlord, scholar and brahmana and reputed to be a great devotee of the Lord, came with a friend. Uh, this is one of my favorite stories. <laughs> came with a friend to see Srila Babaji Maharaj the landowner appeared to be so deeply absorbed in devotional ecstasy that his friend had to support him as he walked, lest he fall down due to excessive trembling of the body. Ecstasy, trance, you know, he was trembling and, you know, he came with his friend and if the friend did not hold him, he would fall and faint. With the, When the pair arrived before Babaji Maharaj, two other persons in the assembly, recognizing the famous landlord, immediately received him as an advanced devotee of the Lord. They carefully offered their obeisances to him and arranged a sitting place. At that time, Sri Gaur Kishudas Babaji, uh, in his pastime of blindness, inquired, Who has come? The friend of the landowner introduced his companion by glowingly describing his erudition and devotion and his being disinterested in material sense gratification despite possessing unlimited wealth. He then described how only a fortnight earlier, a thief had come and stolen 45,000 rupees from the landlord's house. Despite suffering such a setback, the landowner, knowing devotion to be more, much more significant, had become, sorry, had come to obtain Srila Babaji Maharaj's transcendental darshan. The friend added, "I am his friend. He has left all material sense gratification and keeps only my association. You will be able to realize his greatness by conversing with him. He once asked me a question about a confidential exchange between Shri Śrī Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Shri Ramananda Rai, found in the Chaitanya Charitamrita." I told him that only Gaurav Babaji could properly answer his question and certainly no one else. We have already been to see many learned persons in this area and yet we cannot come to an agreement about the meaning of this conversation. We think only you are able to explain it properly. You see, great-great scholars could not explain. They came to him for explanation. After the introduction was complete, (laughs) Srila Babaji Maharaj replied, I will tell you a process by which you can understand the conclusion of this conversation. But before trying to understand these confidential topics between Lord Chaitanya and Ramananda Rai, you should renounce the association of this rascal imposter, the landowner, and take shelter of a pure devotee of the Lord. (laughs) You should hear the Chaitanya Charitamrita 100 times in the association of authentic devotees of the Lord. Uh, just i mean we are having some chaitanya charitamrita classes uh, even i think many devotees haven't even touched chaitanya charitamrita reading here he is saying this because his conversation was in the chaitanya charitamrita see maddhilaila eighth chapter now you should read chaitanya charitamrita huh, 100 times in the association of authentic devotees not even alone in the association of authentic devotees 100 times In this way, being absorbed in devotional ecstasy, you will be able to realize the purport of these conversations. Uh, At the present moment, all the devotees here want to perform congregational chanting of the Holy Name of the Lord. We don't have time to discuss any other topics. Babaji Maharaj told like that. Having thus spoken, Shilu, Babaji Maharaj very loudly requested that everyone perform Harinam Sankirtan. Everyone then began to congregationally chant the Lord's Holy Name. After hearing the statement of Babaji Maharaj, the proud landlord and his friend immediately left that place. Later that evening, when almost everyone had left, some members of the assembly commented to Babaji Maharaj. That very learned landowner was absorbed in devotional ecstasy. We could not see any manifestation of material consciousness in him. He was devoid of worldly consciousness. Another person sitting nearby, who had always heard that Srila Gurga Siddharth Babaji was very straightforward with everyone, inquired. That person was so immersed in various loving devotional ecstasies that he could not even walk by his own efforts. How is it that you can say that he was not on the highest platform of bhakti? Srila Babaji Maharaj replied, saying after speaking with him for a few moments I could understand that he had no good intentions in his performance of devotional service. One cannot measure a person's devotion by the approval of the general mass. What is that? One cannot measure a person's devotion by the approval of the general mass. If one has millions of subscribers on YouTube and millions of followers on Instagram and millions on TikTok or uh, Twitter, that's not the sign of an advanced devotee. You cannot, you see, a person's devotion cannot be measured by the approval of the general mass. If a person is not serious in his devotional practice, then even if he exhibits the symptoms of renunciation, non-attachment and various ecstasies still he should not be considered to have real renunciation or detachment as soon as a difficult test comes his false renunciation will cease detachment seeks out those who are actually fixed in their intention to perform devotional service very important sentence here we should not seek detachment in fact detachment seeks out those who are actually fixed in their intention to perform devotional service what are the three symptoms of a person advancing in devotional service? Bhakti, paresanubhava, virakti. They are the symptoms. They are not the goals of a devotee. The go, of course, goal is to attend devotional service, but his his desire is not to have an anubhava or personal experience with the Lord, personal, you know. And his his goal is not to become renounced. No, that comes as a byproduct of his attachment to Krishna. Detachment comes. Because if we just detach from material affairs and not sufficiently attached to spiritual uh, life, Krishna, Krishna consciousness, then we will feel a void. We will feel discontentment in our life. So we should we should be more focused on our attachment to Krishna. Detachment will seek out those who actually are fixed in the intention to perform devotional service. If we are fixed in our intention to devotional service, then detachment will already automatically come. But if our attraction is not on Krishna, if our attachment is somewhere else, if our hankering, if our lamentations are all somewhere else, a devotee means he has to hanker for Krishna Prema. He has to lament that he is unable to chant Krishna, Hare Krishna properly. Like, you know, unfortunately, I have no attraction for the holy name of the Lord. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is teaching us in Sikshastaka. He is lamenting that he has no devotion for the Lord. And he is hankering Aynanda Tanuja Kinkaram Paditam Maham Vishame Bhavambudhav Padapankaja Sita dhuli Sadrisham Vichintaya This kankshati and Shochati hankering and lamentation should be employed in devotional service. He should hanker for devotional service. He should lament his own position of unable to to um, uh, Perform devotional service properly. That can only happen if we are attached to Krishna. How can we hanker for something when we are not attached to that person or that thing? We are attached. If a husband is attached to his wife, he will hanker for her association. But if he is attached to Krishna, he will not hanker for her association. He will be detached. You see? So, we have to see where our attachment is by seeing where our hankering and lamentation are directed. What am I really hankering for? I may say to the whole world, I'm hankering for Krishna Prabhu. I'm always lamenting that I don't have devotion. I'm always hankering for Krishna's service. I can say. In fact, a person who is actually hankering and lamenting, he will never say that I'm hankering for Krishna's service. He knows uh, or he thinks that he is not qualified to even Talk like that. Aparikirtanam, he will never advertise his devotional activities. Anyway, our attachment—how to see where our attachment is? Because we may be chanting, we may be doing all service, we may be looking like—I mean, it, it seems that we are attached to Krishna. But always see, not to judge others, but to judge ourselves. Where am I in my spiritual standing? Where is my hankering and where is my lamentation? That's what we should notice. I may externally perform all devotion, but where in my mind is? Again, all the way it comes back to the mind. Where our mind and heart is. That's where the hankering and lamentation will pull us to. Detachment seeks out. Not, not the practitioner seeks detachment. Detachment seeks out the practitioner, who is fixed in the intention of performing devotional service. No matter what happens, I will no, never want to, after trillions and trillions and trillions of lifetimes I have gotten this opportunity, why should I give it up for something which is fleeting and insignificant in the grand scheme of things, you know, in the trillions of years that I have spent in this material world. This is the only golden opportunity. This is the best thing that I am doing, devotional service. Why should I trade this for anything else? Although it may seem very important, it is not important. Nothing is important. Nothing is as important as Krishna consciousness. And if we are convinced of that, then we will be convinced not to trade it for anything else. No matter what happens in my life, I will never ever give up Krishna's lotus feet. I will never give up Krishna consciousness. That should be the determination. When we are like that, then we will be easily detachment will come about. But if we try to be detached, we'll end up becoming more attached. The forbidden taste, uh, the forbidden fruit tastes uh, sweeter, <laughs> because when you forbid somebody from doing something, that is the very same thing they want to do. Until you say that, hey, don't do this, he did not even think of seriously doing it. But when you say don't do this, hey, why is he telling me I must somehow do it? When he is not saying I must do it. You know that kind of thing comes so we have to be not focused on getting detached we should not try for detachment we should try for attachment to krishna detachment will seek us out next when performing practical devotional service we should never exhibit our devotional ecstasies one should perform devotional service in such a way that his deep attachment to the lord increases within his heart Even if one displays hundreds and hundreds of exhibitions of material attachment, he will not be blessed by the Lord if he does not develop an internal loving attachment to him. If one genuinely possesses a deep loving attitude, then Krishna himself will approach and claim such an advanced devotee. Whoever is not enticed by the fragrance of the unflinching devotional service and whose heart is filled with material desires will wear different types of external bodily dress. Krishna is proportionately aloof or available according to the degree of one's surrender. If one is deeply immersed in devotional attachment to Lord Hari, then even while suffering distressing diseases or other material miseries, he will still remain absorbed in transcendental loving service to the Lord. If you can fast and chant Hare Krishna both day and night, and when you can always cry out with desire for the service of Rishabhanu's Radharani, without revealing it to others, then Shri Krishna, who is very dear to Srimati Radharani, will call you to take his shelter. See how he is in instructing. If you can fast and chant Hare Krishna both day and night, and when you can always cry out with desire for the service of Vishabhanu's Radharani without revealing it to others, then Shri Krishna, who is very dear to Radharani, Srimati Radharani, will call you to take his shelter. How beautifully it was! it is good. you see. This is really inspiring. See, this is really, really inspiring. I don't know about... I mean, I am getting inspired by just reading this. You see, That's why we should always hear the character of pure devotees. Then, you know what will happen when we hear the life of pure devotees? Our own mistakes, we will correct them. Because we are actually incapable of seeing our own mistakes. But when we see the pure character of devotees, then we... In contrast, then we will see the mistakes of our own character because when we have nothing to compare to we will think that we are are actually incomparable we are the best you know (laughs) when we start seeing the character of these devotees then our character completely fades in comparison and actually is like white and black difference night and day difference that much difference we we think we have great devotees until we actually come in contact with somebody you know like, like like this then we start with oh this is standard man (laughs) then we wake up eh what am i thinking of myself a big time devotee or what i don't have any brain at all thinking i'm a huge devotee what is this you see that's why actually it is said even bhaktivana thakur said how to get inspired in devotional service by associating with dedicated devotees, by seeing their character, by learning about the characters of advanced devotees like here, now we are reading, then that is how we get inspired to follow such examples. Hmm. Then we will come out of our petty, petty weaknesses of heart and rise to the real standard of devotional service. Srila Prabhupada strictly following the line of Srila Gaur Goswad Bhaji Babaji Maharaj's instructions never made any sort of public display of ecstasy and when his ecstatic, ecstatic emotions occasionally overpowered him, he would endeavour mightily to bring them in rain. This mood can be compared to that of Dāruka, Krishna's charioteer, who was once fanning the Lord with a chāmara, yak, yak tail whisk. While thus engaged, he became overwhelmed with ecstatic love for the Lord and the symptoms became manifest in his body. Sri Prabhupāda comments, Dāruka was so serious about his service that he checked all of these manifestations of ecstatic love and considered them hindrances in, to his engagement. He did not care very much for these manifestations, although they automatically developed. It is not that when one experiences spiritual ecstasy that he is required to put it on display for the edification of ordinary persons. In India, it is very common for Sahajiyas, those who take spiritual life cheaply, to make an elaborate public display of their ecstasies. Such displays are pale reflections of the spiritual sentiments and are exhibited with material motives. This was clearly the case with the landlord who approached like, Gaurgi Babaji. In Vrindavan and Navadu it is not at all uncommon that such a person will enter a temple with an assistant or even a crowd of followers and go before the deity. Seeing the deity and hearing the Kirtan he begins to dance wildly and finally faints. Faints in, in quotation marks. Uh, in double quotes. And the assistant or group of followers then minister to him uh, with great sympathy and concern. Thereafter a curious throng of pilgrims pilgrims gathers and witnesses the pathetic scene. When a sufficient crowd has gathered, the great soul revives and is assisted with great difficulty beyond the temple confines where he hopes some of the unfortunate spectators <laughs> will agree to become his followers and patrons. As Gaurgi Gauragiswar Babaji has demonstrated, the best procedure for dealing with such persons is to neglect them. <laughs> upeksha same next the materialists grains a lawyer named bhattacharya what is the time wow we are already two hours into it almost two hours (sighs) Uh, we'll see we'll see how much we can go on okay a lawyer named bhattacharya came to visit babaji maharaj he was living in the vicinity and had contracted a certain caste, Goswami, on a monthly basis to supply supply him food. When the lawyer approached Babaji Maharaj, he was asked, What arrangement do you have for your foodstuffs? The lawyer replied, I have arranged to receive my foodstuffs in the house of certain Vaishnavas and Brahmanas. Srila Gauravisadas Babaji then answered, Give up eating their cooked rice. You should cook your cook for yourself and eat that. Those persons from whom you are accepting food grains eat meat and maintain their service to Lord Chaitanya in devious ways. Their activities are most offensive because they know that what they are doing is wrong. The, those persons who have no fear of an offense they create to the Supreme Lord should never even be spoken to. Otherwise devotional service will be destroyed. Sometime later the lawyer brought several sweets and offered them to Śrīla Kishore Prabhu. He prayerfully requested Babaji Maharaj to accept his offering. Śrīla Babaji Maharaj then told him, I never accept sweets. Bhattacharya replied, There is nothing higher than accepting food that the Lord has directly accepted. Shil Babaji Maharaj sharply retorted, Whoever eats fish is like a prostitute. If someone has perverted desires and offers foodstuffs to Lord Chaitanya, those preparations can never be accepted as the Prasad of the Supreme Lord because the Lord does not partake of them. Whoever is not a sincere devotee of the Lord cannot understand what a non-devotee is. Even if one offers foodstuffs to the Supreme Lord, if one has perverted intentions, then that offering is never accepted if one offers the covering of the banana flowers because he likes the taste himself, the offering is not accepted by the Supreme Lord. To offer, that's why we should not lust after a hey, very nice meal, oh, good, good thing you are cooking. We cannot say like this. This is rubbish thinking. Because the Lord has not eaten. How can we think of eating and enjoying that food? You <coughs> same. Uh, so... What is that? To offer foodstuffs to the Supreme Lord that have been contaminated by one's lusty desires should be considered a great offense. Again, to offer foodstuffs to the the Supreme Lord that have been contaminated by one's lusty desires should be considered a great offense. If preparations favoured by the great devotees of the Lord are offered, then the offering is considered proper. Krishna tastes foodstuffs that have been tasted by the lips of his pure devotees. If one accepts the grains of a sinful person, then his mind becomes impure. One should think My worship to the Lord has not fructified yet. How can I uh, obtain the service of a pure devotee of the Lord? Hmm? My worship to the Lord has not fructified yet. How can I obtain the service of a pure devotee of the Lord? Okay, just give me a second here. Hmm. In this way with a heart full of grief if one takes banana peels and the discarded skin of an eggplant and boils them without salt what is that again banana peels okay banana skins and the discarded skin of an eggplant a brinjal's skin and boils them without salt and offers them this attitude of, this attitude of full surrender will cause those foodstuffs to become mahaprasad. One should think, my worship to the Lord has not yet manifested, the pure devotee of the Lord accepts nice foodstuffs. You see, my worship to the Lord has not yet manifested, the pure devotee of the Lord accepts nice foodstuffs, but my doing so would only impede my devotion. What will happen to me if I continue eating sumptuously and wearing luxurious clothes? (coughs) Thus, one is directed by Babaji Maharaj, not to accept food cooked by lustful persons, especially by those who know the actual standard of behavior expected of devotees of Sri Krishna but who nevertheless indulge in illicit activities. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu instructed Srila Sarut, Sarut Damodar Goswami as follows. When one eats food offered by a materialistic man, one's mind becomes contaminated and when the mind becomes contaminated, one is unable to think of Krishna properly. When one accepts an invitation from a person contaminated by the material mode of passion, the person who offers the food and the person who accepts it are both mentally contaminated. This is from Chaitanya Charitamrita, Antirias chapter, chapter six, text two seven, eight and two seven nine. In the purport of the verse sorry, in the purport to the first of these verses, Shri Prabhupada cites Srila Bhakti Saraswati Thakur's commentary saying, People who are materialistically inclined and in sahajiyas or so-called Vaishnavas who take everything very casually are both Vishayi, materialists. Eating food offered by them causes contamination and as a result of such contamination even a serious devotee becomes like a materialistic man. There are six kinds of association. Giving charity, accepting charity, accepting food, offering food, take, talking confidentially and inquiring confidentially. This is stated in the nectar of instruction of Prabhu Swami. Verse 4. One should very carefully avoid associating with both the Sahajiyas who are sometimes known as Vaishnavas and the non-Vaishnavas or aura Their association changes the transcendental devotional service of Lord Krishna into sense gratification. And when sense gratification enters the mind of a devotee, he is contaminated. The materialistic person who aspires after sense gratification cannot properly think of Krishna. Aside from avoiding food prepared by sensualists, one should also take care not uh, to eat simply for the satisfaction of one's tongue. In Chaitanya Saritamrita, Antilila chapter 6, text 207, 27, sorry. It is said, Jihwar lalase jai iti uti dhai, shishnodar parayan krishna nahi pai. It's a very, 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 very important verse. Jihwar lalase jai iti uti dhai, shishnodar parayan krishna nahi pai. <clears throat> that person who runs here and there seeking to gratify his palate or his tongue and who is always attached to the desires of his stomach, and genitals is unable to attain Krishna. Srila Jagadananda Pandit and Lord Chaitanya have both instructed those serious about spiritual advancement to avoid dressing very nicely or taking very palatable foodstuffs. Lord Chaitanya has stated, bhalana khai be, khai be, ar bhalana Do not dress luxuriously and do not eat delicious foodstuffs. Chaitanya Sarithamrita, until 6.236. Srila Jagadananda Pandit has instructed, echoing the words of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Do not eat luxurious dishes or dress in fine garments, but always remain humble and serve their Lordship Sri Sri Radha Krishna in your heart of hearts. Prem Vivarta, Chapter 7. Of course, uh, Srila Prabhupada always wanted uh, opulent prasadam to be served to the devotees and outsiders. Because, you know, we don't have any taste for Krishna consciousness. Hmm. This attitude of not eating any palatable foodstuffs requires a very, very high taste of Krishna consciousness. But one, one is always dedicated to his tongue. Then that tongue itself has to be brought to Krishna. So, by giving nice foodstuffs, the person is attracted towards Krishna and then eventually becomes a devotee. And, one second. So and at the same time, uh, we have to um, be careful ourselves, not to become too much, you know, um, attracted to you know, opulent eating. Of course, we should not do it artificially also, but we should understand the standard and then slowly try for that. That's when we will be really um, advancing in devotional life when we are not thinking of Krishna Consciousness as sense gratification. Mm. Next, Srila Gaurabhisattvas Babaji instructs us to think that our devotion is not pure and that only pure devotees can safely accept delicious Mahaprasad and to thus always eat frugally. He suggests that if one prepares something not generally considered edible, for example banana peels and the skin of eggplants boiled with salt, but offers it with great genuine humility, then it will be certainly be transformed into Mahaprasad by the Lord's accepting it. Of course, that doesn't mean we tomorrow, Prabhu, yes, Prabhu, this is good, you know, easy for me to cook, you know, to take some banana peels and, uh, you know, brinjal skin and then put it in the um, boiling water and then offer it without salt to Krishna and then, you know, now I am devoted, Prabhu. Now, I actually am truly devoted. That is rubbish. You have to offer palatable foodstuffs to the Lord. Again, these are Meant to, these instructions are meant to reduce our, cut down our sense gratificatory view on Krishna consciousness. We should not take Krishna consciousness for our sense gratification. Now we should cook nice food stuff for Krishna and then honor the prasadam. That's why it is not called eating the prasadam. Of course, we eat, our action is to eat, but that is, we should honor the prasadam, not to enjoy the prasadam. Honor the prasadam. Oh, Krishna has eaten this nice food stuff. So that is the thing that is the mood the bhava again, where is our mind while we are doing this while we are eating prasadam that is important next hmm. you know I don't know how much we can finish anyway let's let's try huh. The Love of Srila Gauragishwadas Babaji for Shri Mayapur Dham. I think you can't see the title. Okay, now you can see the title. Srila Babaji Maharaj exhibited an unmatched, uncompromising spirit toward anything opposing the real conclusions of bhakti. He was above all mundane thought and one cannot possibly understand why he acted as he did unless one rigidly follows in the footsteps of the Paramahamsa devotees of the Lord. Thus, we should not be surprised that some... Persons who had his audience hundreds of times were never blessed with his special grace, while others received his mercy at once. One day a household devotee from Mayapur went to Kulia to get association of Srila Babaji Maharaj. The Paramahamsa was seated in a chair made of reeds uh, just within the door of his kutir or cottage. When the Grihastha approached him, Srila gaurgeshwar nonchalantly closed the door. Nonchalantly means, you know, like, uh, let's close the door. At that, the devotee informed an attendant of Srila Babaji Maharaj's that he wished to see him. Babaji Maharaj replied, If he wants to have my darshan, then he must give two rupees. The attendant received the money from the grahasta and duly informed Srila Guru Babaji. Babaji Maharaj then opened the door of the kutir and said, Please have a look. <laughs> now, this looks like, oh, he's very materialistic. Unless I pay two rupees, I cannot have a darshan. He's closing his door. Ah, this is not devotee. One may easily run away. But he has very different reasons for doing these things. Hmm. The grahastha remained some distance away from the Kutir and respectfully offered his prostrated obeisances. He offered the Andavad Pranam. But by his own sweet voice, Srila Babaji Maharaj drew him closer, affectionately took his hands within his and said, You have come from Mayapur, the place where my Supreme Master Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has appeared. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has sent you here, so therefore I have a few words to say to you. Sri Chaitanya will, ser- will certainly listen to this. Uh, you should take shelter of Krishna by always chanting His holy name. There will be, n- there, will, there will then be no more obstructions in your life. Whenever Sri Shri- Gaur Goshadas Maharaj saw the residents of Sri Mayapur, he was all, he would always show some special favor and with affection say, "The residents of the holy dham, dhamvasi." He would call them, "Oh, these are dhamvasis." Affectionately, he would say like that. It was always seen that even if someone tried to offer great wealth, he would personally remain indifferent. But then again, he would request different persons to help him help him by giving him money and other paraphernalia for his service to the Lord's devotees resident in the Dham. One who takes birth in the Lord's Dhams is surely to have done so as a result of attaining to a high standard of devotion to the Lord. To take such a birth is an indication that one is practically qualified to be a resident of the spiritual world and thus his good fortune and good qualities are incalculable. Although such residents may externally appear to be conditioned souls, they are nevertheless spontaneously attracted to the Lord. Even if they perform impious activities within the boundaries of the dham, hmm? they are not to be adjudged ordinary conditioned souls. You see, even if they perform impious activities within the boundaries of the dham, they are not to be adjudged ordinary conditioned souls. Srila Prabhupada has explained that even if someone comes to Vrindavan or Mayapur from outside the dham, lives and dies there, but performs sinful activities there. Still, he will have to take only one one birth more as an animal. After that birth, he is promoted to the spiritual world. He comments, Devotees like the Goswamis living in Vrindavan who purposely commit some sinful activities, these are not the six Goswamis, other so-called Goswamis, who commit some sinful activities are born in the bodies of dogs, monkeys and tortoises in that holy land. Thus, they take on these lower life forms for a short while and after... And after they give up those animal bodies, they are again promoted to the spiritual world. Such punishment is only for a short period and it is not due to past karma. Shrimad Bhagavatam 5.8.26 Purport Srila Gaurgi Sadas Babaji was fully aware of the unique status of the Dhamvasis, the residents of the Dham, and thus he gave them special consideration and respect. Babaji Maharaj further teaches us that it is better not to accept charity for maintaining one's own comfort and personal convenience, though one can enthusiastically do so in order to serve Vaishnavas. So he, he used to take these two rupees or whatever, so that he can serve Vaishnavas of the Dham hmm, or to serve the devotees, you know, some Prasadam or some service he used to do. He used to perform to the Vaishnavas, not for his own, you know, earning money. Next displaying ecstatic symptoms, this is another one of my favorite stories. On one occasion, Srila Babaji Maharaj uh, was sitting within his bhajan kutir in Sri Navadvip Dham, loudly chanting Hare Krishna. Other persons who had assembled there were also chanting. At this time, someone came and began to display different ecstatic symptoms, such as crying. Especially in Bengal, I am telling you, and Orissa. This is very common. They behave like they are very, you know, uh, great devotees. And then after the whole Kirtan performance is finished, ooh, b-d, BD smoking going on, BD, you know? crude cigarette and uh, the smoke bd Remember, Kirtan time, great devotees, crying, fainting, hugging each other, throat trembling, all these symptoms. Hmm. <clears throat> so, some of the assembled devotees thought, Lo, that person has attained the highest state of devotional ecstasy by chanting the glories of the Lord. Shri so, Gauraki Babaji, however, immediately requested the man to leave. <laughs> he kicked him out. Immediately. Some of the onlookers became disturbed by this and left. Ah. So when a devotee like Gauraki Sardas Babaji kicks somebody out, people who don't understand these things, oh, how can he behave so harshly? This is not devotee. Eh? They also left. Ah. Babaji Maharaj commented, One who has actually attained love of Godhead will never display the symptoms thereof but will keep them hidden from the general populace. A chaste wife becomes very embarrassed when she has to show any part of her body in public and she thus keeps her body thoroughly covered. In the same way, when one has real devotion for the Supreme Lord and becomes elevated to love of Godhead, he always feels embarrassed to exhibit symptoms of ecstasy and always keeps such symptoms hidden. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu demonstrated this principle on numerous occasions. Upon meeting Sri Ramananda Rai by the banks of the Godavari, for example, he embraced him and felt so much ecstasy that along with Ramananda, he was overwhelmed with spiritual emotion. However, in consideration of the fact that Ramananda Rai was the governor of Madras and was accompanied by many persons who could not understand such transcendental dealings, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu restrained himself. <coughs> on another occasion when Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu met with Vallabhacharya, Near Prayag, he was overwhelmed with ecstatic feelings but he again restrained himself, feeling bashful in the presence of a person who, though exalted, was not his intimate associate. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu felt great ecstatic love when they began discussing Krishna but the Lord checked his feelings because he felt shy before Vallabha Although the Lord restrained himself externally, ecstatic love raged within. There was no checking that. Vallabha was astonished to detect this. Ah, this is another, one of my favorite of my favorite stories. (laughs) The sharp words of the Sadhu. Srila Gauragiswada's Babaji Maharaj always gave beneficial instructions to persons who approached him with faith and humility, no matter what their spiritual status. On one such occasion, a seeker went to Babaji Maharaj to hear topics concerning the Supreme Lord, but he heard some harsh words instead from him. He heard some harsh words from him instead. The seeker therefore resolved to never go near Babaji Maharaj again. By the way, yesterday only there was some so-called devotee who came to this temple with the same attitude and he was also sent away because of his completely um, uh, uncalled for behaviour and he also resolved never to come back here. I would not go into details but Very similar, very, very similar to this. So, um, actually, Snugopal Prabhu spoke for his benefit. And he was actually telling him nicely first. But that person was arguing and arguing. And that too a young, young fellow. No humility, no etiquette. And no intention to learn, just to boss around. And finally, you know, he, he decided not to come back here anymore. And... You know, Prabhu also said, yes, you know, better you don't come back then. You know. So, again, these things may be criticised, but these are not to be criticised. We have to understand, like, then you have to criticise Gaurga Babaji Maharaj. Would you dare? No, right? Um, so, we have to understand the real intention. Now, again, let's come back to the story. So here are some harsh words instead from him. The seeker therefore resolved to never go near Babaji Maharaj again. After some time, however, having been stricken with a distressed and troubled mind, he suddenly returned to see Babaji Maharaj. Shil Babaji Maharaj, instantly realizing the reason for his depression, told him, Oh, you have left the association of devotees where topics about Krishna are discussed and now you are living in a secluded place and performing solitary worship of Krishna. Hmm. When one hears the topics of the Supreme Lord in the company of devotees, then one becomes freed from Maya's net of illusion. But if one performs worship of the Lord in a secluded place, not in association with devotees, one becomes caught by the illusory energy. As a consequence, instead of topics about the Supreme Lord possessing the heart, mundane subject matters will occupy it instead. The seeker replied, I thought it better to reside in a secluded place and perform my own individual worship than to become disturbed by hearing the sharp words of a sadhu. Srila Babaji Maharaj replied, Please take note that those sadhus... This is, I want to highlight actually this thing. Let's highlight this part. Hmm... Shri Babaji Maharaj replied, "Please take note that those sadhus who speak sharp words to drive away the witch of the illusory energy are actually the only real devotees of Krishna and friends of the living entities. The conditioned living being experiences the distressful quarrelling of his okay. Now you see, the conditioned living being experiences the distressful quarrelling of his wife and close relatives and is rudely treated by them until death. Yet he never desires to leave their association." That is hypocrisy, isn't it? On the other hand, he absorbs himself in trying to appease and serve them. That exact attitude he has to do to devotees. He has to absorb himself in trying to appease the devotees and serve them. Instead, uh, he will you know tolerate all the quarreling and beating and you know uh, uh, nagging and you know fighting with his wife and children. And he will stay with them until death. He will never go away from them. But sadhu, you see, okay, let's read. Uh, the condition living being experiences the distressful quarrelling of his wife and close relatives, and is rudely treated by them until death. Yet he never desires to leave their association. On the other hand, he absorbs himself in trying to appease and serve them. But when a devotee of the Lord, who is always desirous of the living entity's ultimate welfare, chides him just once with instructions meant to drive away maya, then that conditioned entity immediately makes plans to leave the saintly person for, the, for his entire life. If you actually want to perform devotional service properly, then you must accept the harsh language of the sadhu as the medicine by which maya can be given up. By this one can obtain the necessary spiritual advancement to successfully chant the holy name highlighted it you, if you want you can snapshot that and paste it as a poster in a wall or something because this is very very important to understand even after 100 times reading this we we fail to understand and practically be able to apply this in our life when devotees little bit as we become our ego gets over us and then we become offensive to the devotees so we should be very careful the bound souls are prepared to accept unlimited abuse from their family members, but not a single sharp word from the sadhu who attempts to cut their attachment to illusory existence. The materialistic wife and family members induce a man to work like an ass and meanwhile deride him for not fulfilling all of their demands. Yet, while the family uh, may legitimately plunder a man, legitimately plunder, <laughs> and denounce him bitterly for his shortcomings, the acquiescent Victim is not in the least able to tolerate words which might awaken him to the reality of his situation. You see? Srila Bhaktisiddhan Saraswati Thakur described the power of the Sadhu in an essay called Search for Truth as follows. There is no doubt that the words of the Sadhu possess the power of destroying the evil propensities of one's mind. The Sadhus in this way benefit everyone who associates with them. There are many things which we do not disclose to the Sadhu. The real Sadhu makes us speak out what we keep concealed in our hearts. He then applies the knife. The very word Sadhu has no meaning other than this. He stands in front of the block, you know, in sacrificial block, you know, the block of wood on which the balidan is done. He stands in front of the block with the uplifted sacrificial knife in his hand. The sensuous uh, desires of men are like goats. The sadhu stands there to kill those desires by the merciful stroke of the keen edge of the sacrificial knife in the form of unpleasant language. If the sadhu turns into my flatterer, then he does me harm. Okay, let's, let's highlight that as well. Because this is sometimes what people expect from a sadhu. Oh, how is he not speaking nicely? If the sadhu turns into my flatterer, he then he does me harm. He becomes my enemy. If he gives us flattery, then we are led to the road that brings enjoyment, but no real well-being. Without the association of devotees, one will almost certainly be overwhelmed by the illusory energy and his thoughts will naturally turn into turn to gratifying his senses during the discussions between lord chaitanya mahaprabhu and ramananda rai lord chaitanya inquired out of all auspicious and beneficial activities which is best uh, which is best for the living entity ramananda replied the only auspicious activity is association with the devotees of krishna what is the only auspicious activity he did not say chanting the holy name he did not say reading the Bhagavatam. he did not say anything he did not say deity worship he said what the association of devotees is the most auspicious activity. Even deity worship, chanting the Holy Name does not come close. Why? Why? Hey, Holy Name, kaliyuga, Naam Sankirtan, what happened? Uh, the thing is, we cannot chant the Holy Name without the association of devotees. We have to associate with devotees, hear from them and learn from them and then in the proper mindset, we will, uh, you know, take up the chanting of the Holy Name. Otherwise, What chanting? What is the kind of chanting? What is the chanting if it doesn't propel us to associate with devotees? What kind of chanting is that? If one is really chanting, he will yearn for the association of devotees. He will cry for the association of devotees. Um, But if I am chanting and I have no desire to associate with devotees, what kind of chanting is that? If I am not running to the temple at the slightest opportunity, what kind of chanting is that? Hmm. <clears throat> so that's why association with devotees is even more powerful than chanting the holy name not that we are denouncing the chanting of holy name in, in, in other words to put it in a different way by association of devotees all our devotional activities will fall in line even if we may be uh, unwilling to do so we will be forced to uh, engage in the service of the lord by the association of devotees that is why it is very, very important. Not only do they inspire us into in devotional life, but also protect us from falling down back into material life. Hmm. That's why they are the best of friends. They are the best friends of the, of everybody. So Sarvadehinam. Without the association of devotees, one will almost certainly be overwhelmed by the illusory energy and his thoughts will naturally turn to gratifying his senses. Oh yeah, this we have already read. And in the Srimad Bhagavatam 11.2.30, it is stated, "We are We are asking the most perfect welfare activity from you. I think that in this material world, association with devotees, even if it be for a moment, is the greatest treasure house for mankind. We have read this in our previous session, I think. I think in the Chaitanya Charitamrita session maybe, or AMAM AM session. So you see, it's very very important. The importance of materially conditioned devotees associating with saintly persons has thus been stressed by all the Vaishnava authorities, even those who seem to shun the company of others in order to persecute, sorry, prosecute uh, their solitary worship. Although it is a fact that great paramahamsas like Sri madhavendra Puri perform such solitary worship in complete purity, this cannot be imitated by neophytes. So, sharp words of a sadhu or the right medicine. The householder's vow. (laughs) This is... Any householder... Any householder would become discouraged by the story. But... It is important to know... um, Standard. Okay? But... I mean, it's good to know. We should not shy away from these instructions oh just because they are a little bit harsh no Okay, let's read a newly married devotee and his wife once went to pray for the mercy of Srila Gauru Das Babaji Babaji Maharaj instructed the husband saying if you actually want to perform devotional service then you must live separately from your wife they are newly married remember you see what he said to them you must live separately from your wife and thus not depending on one another chant the glories of the Lord after hearing these instructions the newlyweds did as they were advised you see they even followed A few days passed, and that devotee came again to Babaji Maharaj, who then asked, Are you and your wife taking your foodstuffs together or separately? The husband told him, We are living separately and carrying on our worship as you instructed, but we take our foodstuffs together. Babaji Maharaj then inquired, What did you have today? The newlywed man answered, We had very nice vegetables, the best dal and fried eggplant. Babaji Maharaj then explained, If you only give up the external connection with your wife, that is not sufficient because you are associating with her within. You have not been able to give up the finest foodstuffs prepared by your wife. So how will you be able to worship the Lord? Your wife is communicating with you through the medium of what she has cooked. Shame, shame. Even though you are acting as if you are chanting the Lord's holy name, still you are desiring the stems of the finest vegetables. Do you think that after someone suffers a loss of one lakh of rupees, he will be satisfied accepting only a handful of rice? Wow, what has it to do with it? Continue the explanation. Continues. Although he may gradually become accustomed to accepting the rice as a daily practice, still he will be he will always think of the money he has lost. Even if one were to give such a person the most delicious delicious foodstuffs. Because he will always be anxious about what he has lost, he will not be able to put the longing for his, sorry, he will not be able to put the longing for it from his heart. Means he will not be able to forget the longing for that thing that he has lost. You have lost that which is invaluable, your devotional service to the Supreme Lord. Then, thus, how can you become absorbed in eating such nice foodstuffs? As for your wife, externally you have disassociated from her, yet you are maintaining attachment within. Householders may feel intimidated by Babaji Maharaj's uncompromising judgment of the above-mentioned marriage. Fortunately, he gave other instructions I don't know, this is the commentary of the author. He said, fortunately, he gave other instructions that resolve the problem of the material attachment that inevitably arises within a marriage. These instructions are dealt with below. Well, whether this way or that way is always fortunate, not that only this is fortunate but anything he says is fortunate for us to hear uh, we are fortunate if we can hear those things so how why did he instruct like this newly wed couple wanted them to become serious in devotional service again that's the main thing it, isn't, it is not a problem like Bhaktivinoda Thakur he ate his wife's cooking right? why didn't he chastise Bhaktivinoda Thakur because <coughs> He was not attached to his wife, Bhaktivana Thakur. And that is the proper way. <coughs> Husband should not be too attached to the wife. It's not good. And if he's too much attached, that is bad for him. So although he would eat, he would offer everything to Krishna and eat, he was interested in the service to the Lord. So it's not about material separation or material staying apart or something like that. The main thing is in the mind, where our mind is. Every time it comes back to that. Krishna said, invest your mind and intelligence in me. So, we have to become uh, attached to Krishna. It is not a problem living with family, but if I am attached to family rather than Krishna, then I am digging my grave because I will not be an, uh, allowed entrance into the spiritual kingdom if I remain too attached to the family. It is good for me to get detached. See, when the detachment happens, that is good. Hmm. Next. Renunciation for Krishna's pleasure and false renunciation. A married man present during Babaji Maharaj's conversation with the newly wedded husband inquired from the Paramahamsa as follows. We see there that there are many Vaishnavas living with their wives who perform devotional service to Lord Hari. Will they, will any benefit accrue to such persons? Srila Babaji Maharaj replied. The living entity is the eternal servant of Lord Krishna, but when the conditioned soul looks upon his wife and sons, he simply sees their material forms. Bhaktivana Thakur, if you remember, I don't know if you know, he has written a nice song. Manasa deho geho jo arpilu nanda My mind, my body, my home, my family, my wife, my everything, whatever I may consider mine, I offer it to the lotus feet of Lord Krishna. So that level of householder life is different from an ordinary person who is attached to his wife. In fact, if you know, Bhaktivinoda Thakur only associated with his wife for 15 minutes in a day that was maximum that's it he never associated more than 15 minutes with his wife oh that was not very romantic you know how can you know what will the wife think no 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 wife understood wife took it all right she she did her service chanting and you know taking care of the husband and family and he he remained he wrote so many songs and everything he was a high court judge and everything How did he, how he did all that Uh, if he wasted his time with wife? No, he spent very little time and the rest of the thing he was, he was absorbed in devotional life. This so-called romance between husband and wife, I mean we should not hope for these things. These are not the real uh, fruits of human life. An animal also has that. Cats and dogs also have romance within them, between themselves so if we should we should understand that actually human life is meant for devotional service and we should become fixed on that so when we read these accounts of these great devotees then we start to get inspired and we should work in that direction and fix our attachment on krishna rather than you know unnecessarily family affairs and which is just a constant constant source of troubles family life is sada samudvighnam not my words bhagavatam says Sada, Samudvigna, Dhyama, It's a constant source of nothing but miseries. That is family life. So even a family man also should understand that. Or woman. Woman also must understand. Kunti Devi, how she is praying? Cut off my affection for my husband's family and my father's family. Let my attraction only be to you, Krishna. That is what is required. Attachment to Krishna. So, the living entity is eternal servant of Lord Krishna. But when the conditioned soul looks upon his wife and sons, he simply sees their material forms. If one does not have the eye of devotion, one can never perceive his real identity as eternal servant of Krishna. The bound souls always have the inclination to enjoy their wives and children. These days, the living entities do not like to hear the topics of the Supreme Lord or to get the association of the Lord's devotees. Okay, just for the record, let's see how many people are on this live stream because here it is said these days the living entities do not like to hear the topics of Supreme Lord or his devotees okay let's see 15 people on this live stream out of so many devotees only 15 people in the live stream see that if one does not why and why why they cannot because they are not interested or busy with what family affection which is dragging them down, which is depriving them of Sadhu Sangha. See, you can be, you can only be in one place at one time. You are not omnipo, omnipresent, right? Like Krishna. Krishna can be in one, one time all places. But we can only be in one time. If we are with family, then we are not with devotees. If we are with devotees, we are not with family. So, the all the time that we spend with our family, we should understand that it is time taken away from Sadhu Sangha. That does not mean immediately, oh, everybody leave the families and all. But no, both husband and wife must understand that association of devotees is... Both of them should not be too attached to themselves, each other. They should be attached to devotional service, go to the temple. That's why Shri Prabhupāda wanted grahasthas to stay around the temple. And I want to congratulate Jagannath Krishna Prabhu and his wife Krishna Keshwari Mataji who have taken such a decision, who were living far away from the temple, And now they have found a house nearby the temple and they are staying very near and every day day they want to come and take darshan and do some service. This is very much appreciated. This is exactly what Prabhupada wanted. Devotees staying nearby the temple and constantly associating with devotees. Instead of associating with themselves and then for what? What are they going to achieve? They are going to achieve maybe a romantic life but not devotional service. In the the end, they are not going to go back to Godhead. So, which is more important? We should weigh the consequences and take the correct decisions right right now. Hmm. That's why it's not, I mean, we're not saying don't live with your wife or something like that. Sorry, I've shaken the camera a little bit. We're not saying don't live with your wife or something, but stay around the temple. Stay in the association of devotees. Take advantage Hmm. of the association of devotees. Next, Um, ah, you see the bound souls have the inclination to enjoy their wives and children this enjoying spirit is what is wrong these days the living entities do not like to hear the topics of the supreme lord or get the association of lord's devotees if one does not attain the spiritual energy given by the chanting of the holy name of the lord then one will become attracted by his wife and offspring see that then again, some persons feign detachment from their wives, children, and sense pleasures. <coughs> they feign or act like they have detachment from their wives, children, and sense pleasures. This kind of external renunciation is like the renunciation of monkeys, who are not actually renounced, although they appear apparently as chew clothing, proper shelter, and other trappings of sensory emolument. The abnegation of the monkey-like renunciates, Markata-vairagis, is simply a pretense. The genuine Vaishnava will never maintain an attitude of sense gratification towards his, his wife. Rather, he will <clears throat> always regard himself as the servant of Krishna and the bona fide guru. I will just uh, give a small account of Prabhupada's uh, life. Uh, not his life. Actually, he one letter, one letter he received from his disciple. The disciple wrote, Prabhupada, grihastha life is full of troubles. You know, you know, it's full of troubles. I really need to come out of this situation to be engaged in um, you know in full Krishna consciousness. Shri Prabhupada replied in the letter, um, no, there is no trouble in grihastha life. Where is the trouble? He said, you can be completely blissful in grihastha life. Huh? You chant, I mean you, you stay there and chant. Because he understood why he was writing like that. Because Although he sounding like very renounced and yeah, yeah, he is really understood and he really self-realized. He was not ready for the. He was not having the attachment. He was, he must have had some quarreling with his wife because of which he must have, you know, uh, household life is bad. But then that does not mean that because if he gives up the wife, then he may get attached to another woman. So that's not what, uh, that is not detachment. That is uh, aversion. For that particular person, detachment means to be aloof, not to hate that person, not to love that person too much. There is no love, there is lust. Not too much affection, not too much aversion. Indifference, nirapeksha, or that is apeksha. Anapeksha, sorry. Anapeksha, sucir, daksha. Uh, uh, so, that is, uh, Anapeksha means completely indifferent. So that we will, you know, that is the real standard. See? So that's why Prabhupada guided him like that. No, 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 you stay over there. You stay there and learn how to live with it. And become Krishna conscious. Learn to become Krishna conscious. Then your family problem also will be solved. Uh, don't simply try to act like a big vairagi. And then at the next opportunity you will find another woman. Especially westerner he was. You know, more chance of finding another woman and then getting entangled again. No, you better learn how to be there and be responsible and become krishna conscious wherever you are it's not about jumping you know like monkeys hopping from one branch to another to another like that to you know jump from one woman to another another another. no you stay there and stably and learn how to become a devotee first and become strong and then we will see whether it's really you know you it's worth taking sannyas or not you know? so continuing the story The genuine Vaishnava will never maintain an attitude of sense gratification towards his wife. Rather, he will always regard himself as the servant of Krishna and the bona fide Guru. That is the difference. He does not love his wife or he does not, he is not attached to his wife. He is not, he does not hate his wife as well. He just identifies himself as a servant of Guru and Krishna. And for that reason, he gives up. It's not that he hates his family. That's why he takes sanyas. No, it's not out of hatred. Hatred means it's just another sign of attachment. It is an emotion. As we know, emotion is where your attachment is. Where our emotion is directed, that is our attachment. Whether it is by hate or whether it is by. I think that we have already covered in another class, another lecture. So, uh, coming back here. Those actually desirous of performing Hari Bhajan, that means Krishna's service, but in whose hearts the weeds of material distress grow and who are unable to give up excessive attachment to wife and children should also come and hear from the pure devotees, chant Hare Krishna and perform congregational chanting. In this way, they can quickly become detached from the inclination to enjoy their wives and children. They will gradually realize that if one completely, completely surrenders to Krishna, then one will attain all auspiciousness. As long as one remains in bodily consciousness, one cannot obtain the mercy of Lord Krishna. The extension of bodily consciousness is seen in the affection displayed for one's wife and offspring. And yet, one who leaves the association of his wife because of being thoroughly distressed in mind and continues to seek happiness for his own mind and body is not a real renunciate. The distinctive feature of the renunciation of the devotee of Krishna is it's not being diverted from him in any way. A real renunciate accepts whatever is favorable for the Lord's satisfaction and rejects whatever is unfavorable. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu described the alternative to monkey-like renunciation to Das Goswami as follows. Markat uh, Vairagya You should not make yourself a show bottle devotee and become a false renunciate. For the time being, enjoy the material world in a befitting way and do not become attached to it. Chaitanya 16.238. You see? For the time being, enjoy the material world in a befitting way and do not become attached to it. Uh, Don't make yourself a show-bottle devotee and become a false renunciate. Very important. Uh, Especially for a beginning devotee, right? Sometimes, you know, the devotee thinks, you know, he has to be detached and he tries to, you know, cut off family ties and then he feels uh, sad. (laughs) He's not ready yet. He's too enthusiastic about devotional service, but, you know, he, he does not know how to deal with the family members and he, you know, cuts off and, and, and they're all fallen, they're all, you know, this, that. Uh, you know, one has to learn how to, uh, of course, he's gung-ho about it, but one has to learn how to uh, deal in a more mature way. Of course, sometimes it may require going away from the family, like for the brahmacharis or sanyasis, but then, if one is living with the family, then, you know, he has to also learn how to uh, do his devotional service and at the same time, Live with the family and then not being attached to it. Hmm. At the same time, actually that is stated in the fifth canto, fifth chapter, verse third, third verse, five five three. There it is stated, and also in the seventh canto, 14th chapter, also there is uh, sixth verse, five five three and seven fourteen six. Uh, you can go and read this. Your homework. I'm going to continue the story because we want to. Wow, it's ten ten. I can't complete this let's see maybe tomorrow if we can continue part two maybe i don't know let's see how much we can go and then we will stop Um, in his commentary on the above verse shil Prabhupada states the word market vairagya indicates indicating false renunciation is very important in this verse shil Saraswati Thakur is commenting on this word points out that monkeys make an external show of renunciation by not accepting clothing or by and by living naked in the forest in this way they consider themselves renunciates but Actually, they are very busy enjoying sense gratification with dozens of female monkeys. Such renunciation is called markat vairaghi, the renunciation of a monkey. One cannot be exten- uh, really renounced until one actually becomes disgusted with material activity and sees it as a stumbling block to spiritual advancement. Renunciation should not be palgu temporary, but should exist throughout one's life. Temporary renunciation or monkey renunciation is like the renunciation one feels at a cremation cremation ground. When a man takes a dead body to the crematorium, he sometimes thinks... This is the final end of the body Mm. you know it becomes very thoughtful after all this is the final end of the body why am i working hard so hard day and night such sentiments naturally arise in the mind of any man who goes to a crematorium heart however as soon as he returns from the cremation grounds he again engages in material activity for sense enjoyment this is called smashan vairagya or market vairagya smashan means uh, uh, crematorium crematorium renunciation or monkey renunciation. The word Markat Vairagya is used by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to indicate so-called Vaishnavas who dress themselves in loincloths trying to imitate Srila Rupa Goswami. Such people carry a bead bag and chant Hare Krishna but at heart, they are always thinking about getting women and money. Unknown to others, these market Varagis maintain women but externally present themselves as renunciates. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was very much opposed to these Markat vairagis or pseudo vaishnavas See that? Next, that is the highest happiness. Someone once observed a follower, follower of Srila Gauragisadas Babaji Maharaj begging alms at noon in the hot summer sun during the month of Chaitra, April-May. Approaching Babaji Maharaj, he asked him, Why is your servant begging in the hot sun? Everyone begs in the morning and then they return to their residences. Srila Babaji Maharaj told him, Srila Bhaktivinath Thakur has instructed his followers, Tumar sevai dukha hoy jato, shaito parama sukha, seva sukha dukha parama sampada nashaya avidya dukha troubles encountered in your service krishna's service this is bhaktivana thakur's song i actually want to see this song need to sharanagati 8.4 okay that's a good reference see that's why that's why vaishnava song series is very important to see troubles encountered in your service that means krishna's service shall be the cause of great happiness for in your devotional service joy and sorrow are equally great riches Both destroy the misery of ignorance. (laughs) This is very different, you know. That's why Krishna devotee takes all trouble to you know serve Krishna, even if there are so many obstacles, he will take to it. He will, but he will not take any extra extra efforts to uh, promote his own material condition or improve his material condition. He will think, ah, this is. He is lazy in material affairs, but he is very, very, uh, what is that? Uh, Particular in spiritual affairs. Whereas that is called a Brahmana. A Brahmana is lazy in material affairs, but very, very particular and very, uh, what is the word? Diligent in spiritual affairs. That is the word. A Brahmana is lazy in material affairs, but diligent in his spiritual affairs. And a miser, a kripana is very diligent about his material life and his money and keeping his bank balance and everything or his material enjoyment you know he's but lazy in spiritual affairs this is the difference between brahmana and kripana they're both lazy but in different spheres that's why (coughs) materialists who are busy materially they find the devotees as lazy people and the devotees being very being very busy spiritually, <coughs> finds the materialists are lazy people, are, eh? How can you not chant? You know, why is not coming for Mangalarati? Why is not attending class? You know, Bhagavatam class. Uh, so he is thinking why he is so lazy about his spiritual life, why is not very? So each is considered the other person as lazy. <laughs> but Krishna is saying, and the authorities, the Acharyas, they are saying this is actually already stated in the Bhagavad Gita 2.69. You know, materialists and spiritualists they have different lives and each consider differently, opposite ways. But the person who is has taken shelter of Krishna, his perspective is always right. Hmm. So that is the so this is how we have to understand. Shri Baba Ji has given in this instruction to those who desiring real benefit always take shelter of the Supreme Master shri Krishna and the devotees of the Lord. One must tolerate the distress that assails one as one practices devotional service in this unhappy world. You see that? One must tolerate the distress that assails one as one practices devotional service in this unhappy world. In this way, the dualistic sufferings which appear in the form of happiness and distress will diminish. As long as one renders service unto the Lord in order to achieve a comfortable material situation, he cannot become free from the bondage of ignorance. This is another very important thing. As long as one, as one renders service unto the Lord in order to achieve a comfortable material situation, he cannot become free from the bondage of ignorance. That's why our devotion to the Lord should be unmotivated. Then, yes, it will, it will actually make us happy. We'll be completely happy despite any circumstance. But if we, if we are only wanting to have a comfortable material life and for that reason we take to spiritual life, then that is called... Uh, you know cheating religion Kaitavadharma. Dharma we will be cheated in the ultimate end you know we will not get that because Krishna consciousness will usually take us out of material enjoyment and we should be ready for that I mean spiritual enjoyment is far more enjoyable than material enjoyment Hmm. next the different forms of Maya oh this is a very strong story as well Wow, we still have actually a lot more to cover. I think what I will do, I will cover until here. And probably we will have a part 2 tomorrow. Right? I think that's... uh, Because then we can do full justice to this, his life, you see. There are still more stories. We will do this as our last for today. The different forms of Maya. Once, during the rainy season, Srila Babaji Maharaj left his kutir and dwelt under the porch of a dharmashala in Navadvipa. Rice Prasad was kept there for him on a hanging rope shelf. A poisonous snake slithered down the wall with the help of the rope shelf, took note of the aroma of the Prasad and started to move away. Seeing the snake, an old woman came running, crying, ''A snake is about to bite you!'' Sri Babaji Maharaj, who was blind, beat the ground with his hand and then asked, ''Where is the snake? Where is the snake?'' In the meantime, the serpent disappeared. The old woman exclaimed, Oh Babaji Maharaj, have you gone mad? That snake could have bitten you. He has just disappeared by your right side. Had you extended your right hand a fraction more to the side, you would have been bitten for sure. We cannot allow you to stay here. Hearing this, Babaji Maharaj told her, Mother, you have inconvenienced yourself by standing here so long. You must be tired. Please don't stand here any longer. <laughs> Politely but sternly, he told him, "Mother, you have inconvenienced yourself by standing here so long. You must be tired. Please don't stand here any longer. In other words, get out of here." <laughs> the woman replied with determination, "I shall not leave this place until you go into your room." She was concerned for that, you know, Gauri Saraswati. You know, she, he should not be bitten by another snake. You know? So she was concerned. So she was determined, I shall not leave this place until you go into your room. Babaji Maharaj replied, I am going to accept Prasad now. First I will take Prasad and then I will go into my room. The old woman continued to admonish him saying, that Prasad may have been touched by the lips of the snake. You cannot accept it because if it is poisonous, you will die. I will bring fresh Prasad for you. Shil Babaji Maharaj then firmly stated, I only accept prasad that has been offered to the deity or which is which I have obtained through begging and not otherwise. I do not take food offered by materialistic people. Turning to one of Babaji Maharaj's attendants, the old woman asked. The old woman, you know, now turned to one of his attendants. Maharaj's attendants Will you please arrange for more rice for Babaji Maharaj? Srila Babaji Maharaj then spoke more firmly, saying, My dear mother, if you do not leave this place, I shall not listen to anything else you have to say. Feeling rejected, the woman left. After some time, the Babaji, asked, the Babaji asked the attendant if she had gone. Being answered in the affirmative, he remarked, Did you see that? How Maya is acting? How under the pretension of sympathy, she tries to gain control. How she tries to gradually enter in various deceptive ways maya takes on various forms she knows many tricks to cause the living entity to give up the worship of the lord under different pretensions she tried to make me enter my room not accept my prasad and accept her food and so forth she never lets the living entity serve the supreme lord that is maya's job maya's job is what to not let the living entity serve the supreme lord because once the living entity goes into the service of supreme lord it is with beyond her control. She cannot control the person anymore. She wants to keep the person under control. Of course, her real act is, her real duty is that she will make sure that the person will never get out of her control until he has the last vestiges for enjoying spirit in this material world. Until he has the last trace of enjoyment in this material world, she will keep him, keep him gripped under in her hand. So you see, she, he is saying, Maya knows many tricks to cause the living entity to, entity to give up this worship of the Lord. Under different pretensions, she tried to make me enter my room, not accept prasad, and so forth, and send the snake, and you know, send the symp- sympathetic woman. Although she was an old woman, you know, still you see, she never lets the living entity serve the Supreme Lord. Then the Paramahamsa began to loudly sing the following song of Narutam Das Thakur. Gaurapa न भजे अगयनु प्रेम धना हेलाय हरैनो अधने जतन करी धन त्यागेनु अपना कर्म दोशे अपहि डुबिनो सत्संग छाडी कोइनो असते विलास ते कारणे लागी लोजे कर्म फांस विषय विषम विष विशा सतत खायनु गौर रसे मांग मागन न하이नो केनो ना, के ना आछाय प्राण की सुख पाए अपाया Narutum Das keno na gelo maraya Na gelo mariya. What is the meaning? Hmm. He was loudly singing the song of Narutum Das Thakur. What is the meaning? Not having worshipped the lotus feet of Lord Gauranga, I have met only ruin. I have lost the jewel of love of Godhead due to my own negligence. I have only given attention to that which is not real wealth and abandoned that which has actual value. I have sunk within the material world by the reactions of my own karma. Having left real association, I am performing materialistic activities. I have thus become conditioned by the grasp of past karma. I have tasted the poison of material sense gratification over and over again. For this reason, I have not become absorbed in the nectar of the congregational chanting of Lord Hari. Why do I remain alive? What is my happiness? Why hasn't Narutam Das given up his life? You see? He considered himself that I should have rather been killed by that snake than being uh, uh, receiving sympathy from this woman. That is better for me. Paramamsa Babaji considered that the snake and the argumentative old woman were agents of the illusory potency come to test his determination to serve the Lord according to his strict standard. Of course, such a Vaishnava as Gaurakishwadas Babaji was never subject to material tendencies of any sort. It was out of humility that he thought himself liable to be seduced by Maya. If a devotee such as he thought thus, how much should we, who simply aspire for spiritual advancement, not knowing when we shall achieve our goal? You see, how strictly, I mean, how we should think about our own lives and how much are we really attached to Krishna and how much we should really, really long and be greedy for such service and such, that level of advancement and do everything practically possible that is within our means to go in that direction. See? And then I'll just finish this one more short story. See how he is teaching, you know, even if not to take any service from woman. You know, he's teaching us, ext- I mean extreme renunciation here. And he's, you know, he's always absorbed in Krishna consciousness and he's thinking how, you know, you know, he has no tinge of devotion. Therefore, Maya is coming and taking him back. You know, taking him to engage in her service. So he is, he is, um, he is, saying, you know, what? I don't have any devotion. Krishna, please help me. You know, why do I remain alive? What is the use of my life? I'm not even serving you, and Maya is coming and attacking me. So in this way, he was always merged in his ecstasy of Krishna consciousness. Gaur Kishore Das Babaji and the Super Soul. One night at about 10 o'clock, Babaji Maharaj suddenly awoke crying, Did you see that? Did you see that? That lecturer has gone to the district of Pavan and at night he has had illicit sex with a the widow there. Shame, shame. These evildoers by their vile activities have scandalized the name of religion. Lecturer means not just a college lecturer, he is a so called Bhagavata lecturer, you know. Scandalized the name of religion. Srila Babaji Maharaj uttered these statements as though he were directly witnessing everything. He continued saying, Mahaprabhu has let me know the truth about the so called scholar who travels from place to place, advertising himself as very learned. In the name of giving Srimad Bhagavatam class, he collects money to support himself. The common people do not know his real nature. He always keeps a widow with him. When asked, When anyone asks him about her, he passes her off as his wife. Whatever money he earns, he spends to purchase expensive items for her. Is there anyone who is more of an offender and a hypocrite than this person? The opulence of omniscience was bestowed upon the Paramahamsa for the purpose of unmasking rascals and hypocrites. Such incidents uh, evidence the fact that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was directing Srila Gaurakishwad Babaji Maharaj to expose the various forms of deception and hypocrisy that exist in the name of spiritual life. We are fortunate that he acted thus, for if he had not identified the cheaters around him, his own character might not have shone forth as resplendently as it did. Alright, we need to continue from chapter 17 tomorrow. Alright, uh, I will end my presentation here. You just get a glimpse of how exalted Gaur Goswadas Babaji is. Um, let me see if we have any questions in this class. Uh, Let me move here. Okay, any questions? Let's see. Wow! Heat questions. Animesh Gupta. First question. Hare Krishna Prabhu, which which book is this? Can you please share the PDF with us? I would like to read it. It's called... uh, What is it called? The Two Babaji's, I think. It's called, I think, The Two Babaji's. Actually, the life of Gauragishwadas Babaji and a short account of Jagannath Das Babaji is also included in there. So, I think it is called The Two Babaji's. Anyway, you search for Gauragishwadas Babaji... Biography. you will get this PDF online. It's in uh, iskondesiretree.net and also on um, elsewhere in, in the, on the internet. I also have a PDF, but... How to share this? I don't know. Uh, anyway, you can easily find it online. Next, um, Bhakta Virendra. Can you explain about Bhishma Panchak, which are the last six days of the Amodur month? Actually, it is five days, not six panchak pancha means five yeah. did bhishma pass during bhishma panchak however bhishma wished that he will leave this world near during Uttarayan. kindly clarify whether bhishma passed during bhishma panchak or during Uttarayan. good point actually he was not he did not pass away during bhishma panchak uh, he passed away at Uttarayan, which is bhagavad gita gita jayanti is on the 25th of december this this year and then after that, Gita was spoken on the first day of the battlefield of, of the battle of Kurukshetra, and the battle went for 18 days. And after the 18 days, after a few days only, uh, Bhishma Dev left. So it is well in January. So from that we can understand that this timeline is not correct. So Bhishma Panchak is not the time when he left, but there must be something else to it, which is why it is called Bhishma Panchak. But maybe the narration went something off in course of time or something, but. Yeah, I don't know much about Bhishma Panchak, honestly. Uh, I just know that they are the last five days of the Karthik Mass. And um, that's it, that's all I know. But I don't know much of the significance. I've read once, but I forgot almost everything that I read about it. So, anyway, for us, it's you know we have to follow our regulatory principles and everything strictly. and If we can do that, then, then we can think of more... Severe practices and more interesting. Let us get our sadhana all perfectly and then we can think of other things. Next question by Bhakta Virendra How many chapters in the book? Mm. Okay, let me see. Chapters 50. <laughs> we have only finished 16. But many of these chapters are very short ones. Actually, the ones we have read, many long ones are there, but short ones are there. Never mind. If it is uh, we cannot finish tomorrow, then day of tomorrow. Always, you know. Uh, we'll see. If we can try to finish tomorrow. You know, I'll try my best. I don't know. Of course, I can always do a short version of it and summarize. I was just thinking. I was just thinking that you know. If you just read all the details, then, you know, we can go on into all the finer aspects. You know, that's why I was I thought of doing this way. Bhaktivirendra, is online association of devotees such as taken by you is good in pandemic period? Yeah, I mean, my association, I don't know, but um, devotees association, yes. And, um, yeah, I mean, Online or offline, we will take association and try to follow. Association means not just hearing and hearing, but also to follow. We have to follow. You see? The instructions we should follow. That is real association. Soundary Uttama subraman. Next question. But Bhaktivinoda Thakur says <laughs> Grahe dahe vane dahe boletahe. No, he said yeah he said that so what is the what is the focus there focus is not at grihe thako or vane thako the focus the importance there is sada hari ḍāko always chant the holy name of hari that should be the focus you see so don't bother whether you are in this ashram or that ashram or this situation or that situation. In fact, sukhe dukhe bhoolo nako, sada hari naam bolore. He said not only whether you are in a grahastha ashram or Manaprasa or sanyas or brahmachari or whether you are in distress or in happiness, don't care. Chant Hare Krishna, sada hari bolida ko, satatam kirtayantomam. So, the, the thing is that we have to be so attached to chanting that no matter where we are, if we are attached to chanting, it doesn't matter where we are. Now, these Gaurakishwarya Das Ji is saying, okay, you know, uh, don't be too attached to wife and all that. Why is he giving these instructions? Because they are not sufficiently attached to the chanting. Hmm. So, he's pointing out, you see, your attachment is here, your attachment is here. So then they can identify those things. But he never did the same thing to Bhaktivana Thakur. He did not say, oh, you are attached to your wife. He never said that. He in fact heard from Bhaktivana Thakur every discourse that he used to give. Uh, why? Because he was pure devotee. And you could see that. So usually, you know, those who are householders, they want to support their household life by quoting this verse. Oh, you see, Bhaktivuna said, Griha thaako. So, I am staying, staying in Griha. Because he said, Griha thaako. That is not his instruction. Whether Griha or Vane thaako, Sadahari Boledhako. So, even the person who is a so-called renunciate, if he is not chanting Hare Krishna, he is also a rascal. If one is in a household or life, and he is not chanting Hare Krishna, he is also a rascal. So, it is not about staying with family or staying separately from family. No. Whether you are chanting Hare Krishna or not. Whether in distress or in happiness, one must chant Hare Krishna. Are we in the platform or not? When distress comes, what are we doing? We are crying. We should chant Hare Krishna. That means I am not there yet. Okay. My attachment for chanting is not there. Okay. Let me chant. chant. How to get attachment for chanting? Just by chanting more. Attentively chanting more. So, like that. So, we should not Take skewed perspectives on these instructions. Oh, Griha Thakur. So, we can also... In fact, he also was householder Prabhu. Bhaktivinoda Thakur also a householder. So, I will also remain householder. Why we only take the householder part? Well, he only spent 15 minutes with his wife. Why don't we take that part of his life? Why only the householder part? And he wrote so many songs and you know books and magazines he published. And he preached Krishna consciousness far and wide. Wherever he went, he spoke about Krishna. Widely, and he chastised all the, you know, pseudo pseudo devotees. Why don't why don't we also do that? Why we should only compare only one aspect of uh, Bhagwan Thakur and follow that, and not the other aspects? That is cheating. I'm not saying you are cheating, Mataji. but I'm saying these are the hidden motives that we don't even realize are uh, in our subconsciousness. So. We may think I'm asking with one perspective, but actually there is a subtle element of attachment to the house, which is why I ask like that, right? So, it, we may not even see it, that I have that defect. So, it is important to learn these things and listen to this kind of explanation. So, because then it will, we will have the true perspective of what is actually important and what is not. Hmm. Next, Prem Bikash Prabhu. What kind of this situation for me right now? I'm not with family and not with the devotees. (sighs) Uh, Well, you are with devotees because you are, you know, preaching. You are making devotees. There There are two ways to be with devotees. One is, you go in the association of devotees. If you don't have an association of devotees, Make the association, so make them devotees and then you are within devotees. So now you are making, even in the uh, difficult circumstances, you are preaching Krishna consciousness, you are trying to make them devotees and giving them prasadam, holy name, preaching to them, philosophy. Uh, that is the thing, you are following the uh, order, you are following the order of Srila Prabhupada, so you are always with Prabhupada. So even you are a householder, so called, but you are preaching. And we should take example from such Grihasthas, like Bikash Prabhu, you see. Uh, he is Grihastha, of course he is not staying with his family, he is not staying in, with the devotees, but he is making devotees. He is following the order of Śrīla Prabhupāda. What is that? And Chaitanya Mahāprabhu. Dekha Krishna Was Śrīla Prabhupāda not with his spiritual master when he was in America? No, Prabhupāda said, I, am, I always felt, constantly I felt the presence of my spiritual master because I was following his order, I was following his instruction and that's why Vani Vani is important. The the um, instruction of the spiritual master. If you are following that, then we are associating with the spiritual master and associating with devotees. And of course, you are in this live stream. My association is useless. But we are associating now, we are all together associating with Paramahamsa who is Gaurgishordas Babaji, whose disappearance day is tomorrow. Actually, there is no appearance day for Gaurgishordas Babaji. Why? And also Jagannath Das Babaji. Why? There is Appearance Day of Bhaktivinoda Thakur, Appearance Day of Bhaktasiddhan Saraswati Thakur, Appearance Day of Prabhupada But n- none for Gaurakishyada and Das um, Babaji. Why? Because that was not known when they were born. The exact date is not known. But the disappearance is known. Hmm. So, uh, what is the next question? Mm. Animesh is saying, I have shared it with 10 devotees in my circle. They would be loving it too. Really? There were 15 attendees. Now there are 12. Three of them dropped out. Calculating wise, you had to wait 25, We have to have. But only 12. <laughs> Three people dropped out. Anyway, it's not about uh, me. It's about Gauravishwad Das Babaji. Whoever, what we are doing is just reading his, about his life. I'm not even capable of speaking about him. Because, I mean, what is his character and where are we? I mean, pseudo-renunciate and, you know, just... So, we have to associate and, you know, get inspiration and then hopefully we will be blessed by his mercy. If we sincerely take to it, yes, we will definitely be blessed. So, in that way, we can become serious in our own spiritual life. Even if it is 1% more serious, that is definitely better than 0% or negative percentages. Next by Animesh Gupta Prabhu, as far as Prabhupada is concerned, how to know what qualities and activities of Prabhupada we should imitate? <laughs> how we identify on our own without consulting any senior devotee, like advice is given by Prabhupada in letters, etc. Though we all already know that imitation of God is forbidden, but what about Prabhupada? We are not to imitate Prabhupada, but Prabhupada set example for us to follow. Uh, we should try to the best of our ability. We should try to serve Krishna. You know, and That is what we should do. I mean, you are asking, what are the qualities and activities of Prabhupada we should imitate? We should, we should never imitate. You see, I <clears> will <throat> give you a story about imitation. It's a, it's a funny story. I, I told this story many times. Um, so, one once it happened that Prabhupada's one disciple, he heard in the lecture, so, Prabhupāda say in the lecture that uh, a yogi goes and passes stool once in a day and the bhogi yogi means the, the renunciate I mean the ascetic the bhogi the one who is um, enjoyer sense enjoyer the bhogi goes to the toilet uh, to the bathroom I mean toilet twice in a day to pass stool and the rogi so yogi, bhogi, rogi. Rogi means the one who is diseased. Will go to the toilet three or more times in a day. So he was telling the difference between yogi, bhogi, and rogi. Yogi means the the mystic or the you know a sage who is doing austerities, and then the bhogi is a sense enjoyer, and the rogi is the diseased person. He has to go to the toilet three or more times, like diarrhea or whatever. He is a he is a complete you know diseased person. So, one of the disciples, he took it very literally and uh, he was sitting in one place and he was very, very trying to, you know, uh, with great effort trying to control his motion, his his uh, stool. He was trying to control himself to not to go to the toilet. And Prabhupada came to know, what are you doing? Why are you suffering? No, 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 I am trying not to go to the toilet. Why? No, you said, you know, yogi means he must go only once in a day. And Prabhupada started laughing. <laughs> Don't try to imitate the symptom. If you understand, what does that mean by going once to the toilet or twice or thrice? That means the yogi, he eats less. That is where we have to control. Not that your stool is going to come out and you are trying to stop it with a cork or some, you know, some thing. Push it, push it through the anus and stop the f- uh, stool from coming out. <laughs> That's not the way to, you know, <laughs> control it. That is not the way to become a yogi. That is not the way the control should be applied. Not at the anus, at the mouth. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the symptom cannot be imitated, should not be imitated. That, that will only reveal our foolishness. By doing that, he, he only uh, revealed his foolishness. He was trying to imitate the symptom of a yogi and not trying to uh, follow the principles of a yogi. The principle of a yogi means he has to eat less. When you eat less, automatically you will go only once a day. When you eat more, enjoying too much, uh, then he goes has to go twice a day. Otherwise, more than that, uh, something is wrong with his health or too much excessive eating or some, some disease which because of which he has to go diarrhea or something. That's why he goes thrice a day. So. If the Prabhupada said if you have to go to the toilet just go to the toilet no why you have to sit down like this and you know suffering (laughs) and tomorrow also it won't happen slowly as you get more and more you know renounced and more and more you know attached to Krishna's service and slowly slowly your consumption of prasadam will reduce it's not that oh I have heard that you know you should not eat too much prasadam okay from tomorrow I am fasting I cannot maintain it because I am not ready for that kind of uh, you know so-called renunciation. I should, you know, take enough prasadam that is, uh, you know, enough for my service. And then, you know, um, gradually, as our advancement happens, we have to gradually, you know, uh, eat less and less and less like that. So same way, Prabhupada's thing, we cannot imitate, oh, uh, you know, maybe his talking style or his walking style. We should not imitate all these things. Or maybe, you know, this, this what he asked us to do we have to do the anukaran and anusharan anukaran means to imitate this great personality anusharan means to follow his instructions to the best of our ability and to push ourselves forward to follow it more more uh, you know uh, strictly so that way so what shall Prabhupada asks us to follow we will follow hmm. I hope that has answered the question. Vijay Sharma Prabhu Is Gaur Babaji's Diksha Guru Shri Bhaktivinoda Thakur? No. Shiksha Guru. His, uh, his Diksha Guru was uh, even that was Babaji Vesh. I don't know who is Diksha I think there was some uh, just now what we have read something about it. One of the Babaji's he took his initiation from him. He was also a pure devotee. And then um, I think in Jagannath Puri or something, some some name was given. Uh, Bhaktivana Thakur was his Siksha Guru. Mm-hmm. Next again by Animesh Gupta. Uh, what was the conclusive purpose of Gaurguesada's Babaji Maharaj's Leela in discipline succession? Just because people generally don't see his contribution, can you elaborate on it? So yeah, so what is the contribution of Gauragishwadas Babaji in the disciplinary succession when he did not contribute to the preaching, much of preaching? Well, today the whole world knows about Gauragishwadas Babaji's glories. And by his example of renunciation, Krishna arranged that his disciple Bhaktisiddhan Saraswati Thakur would broadcast his glories. And just by hearing of those glories, now we can be inspired to take devotional service seriously. So is that not helping the devotees? We should never think. See, Krishna empowers different people in different ways. So, he empowered Gauragishwada's Babaji to show exemplary renunciation. Even among the six Goswamis, Raghunath Das Goswami was especially empowered to be highly renounced. Among all of them. All of them were renounced. But Raghunath Das Goswami was exceptionally. And Jiva Goswami was exceptionally empowered to write devotional scriptures. He wrote more than Vyasadeva. And... Um, Uh, Rupa and Sanatana Goswami, they excavated so many holy places in Vrindavan and also wrote so many scriptures. That is their empowerment. So in this way, different Goswamis are, you know, they were empowered differently. Uh, Each of them. And Narutam Das Thakur was empowered to write songs and sing beautiful Kirtan, melodious Kirtans. And thus, get everybody to Krishna consciousness. And, you know, today also we are learning his songs, you know, reciting his, singing his songs. So this way, we have to Understand that anything that a devotee does is supremely auspicious and You may like Gaurakishwadas Babaji. At least we are hearing of his life. There are many pure devotees like some of them are mentioned Svaruddas Babaji and some other Bhagavad Das Babaji. We do not know much of them. Then why did why did they even come? What is their even contribution in this world? Well, I Don't know where I exactly heard this or read actually read this Sorry, um, It is said that even if there is one devotee in this world, in this universe, who is a pure devotee, he may be unknown to the entire world. Even if there is one such devotee in this world, Krishna considers it, considers it worthwhile to maintain the universe. That means, without a single devotee, Krishna does not consider even the maintaining of this consider it worthwhile to maintain this universe. He considers it worthwhile only when even even if there is one pure devotee in the universe, he considers it worthwhile. That much he loves his devotees. Just by their presence, things actually happen. In fact, despite so much sinful activity, so much sinful activity in this world going on, I was actually surprised. For the past few years, I was thinking like this. Many times this thought came to my mind. How come people are killing billions, I mean B, not MB, billions of animals every day? And how is it that we are not facing any grave calamity really and then world is still going on and people are going about and you know... Until this COVID-19 came. And even now, even this COVID-19 is such a mild chastisement from Krishna. It's not even the real deal. In fact, it can be far, far harsher than this. But it is not, Krishna is just giving a very mild, already that mild is already completely disrupted our lives, but I was okay at least, yeah, here is some reaction at least, until now there was like absolute, I mean, reaction is always there, but nothing really very, you know, bad happened, like enormously bad, on a, a, I mean, world scale, international scale. Nothing really happened that big, you know, to answer to the, all the karmic nonsense that people are doing. Um, well, the only answer can be that, you know, because of some presence of devotees, especially our Hare Krishna movement, you know, Krishna consciousness, Krishna chanting is going on. So, as long as there is such chanting going on, you know, Krishna considers it's worthwhile to at least, you know, maintain it in some proper order. Of course, he gives, you know, these jhatkas. You know, like COVID-19, Jhat Kamins, I mean, it's a Hindi word, sorry, slang word. Uh, I mean, some knock on the head, you know, some punch in the face. I mean, he gives such things, but, you know, still, for a large, to a large extent, this world is still maintained in a very, very peaceful way, I would say. But as Kali Yuga progresses, it won't be as peaceful anymore. Um, so, that is because of the increasing number of atheists. But even to the extent of sins that we're doing now, the amount of peace that we are enjoying is actually almost disproportionate of course krishna knows exactly what he's doing if nothing is disproportionate everybody enjoys or suffers according to his own karma but we're not seeing a large world scale like world war ii or world war one when the whole world was completely in chaos you know that would be far worse you see but we can get to that position if it, if we don't watch our actions so anyway the point is So what is their contribution in this world? Well, Krishna considered... I mean, he sends the devotees here, so that he considers it worthwhile to maintain this universe and help the other conditioned souls. And in the meantime, if you know, Krishna arranges for the glorification of such devotees as Gaurakishwadas Babaji, you know, then we can be inspired to take up devotional service. So it is a huge, immense contribution. With our tiny brains, we can't even comprehend the com- the, the, the contribution of exalted devotees such as Gaur Shodas Babaji. So we think, they are useless, you know. But no. In fact, Bhaktivuna Thakur said, I have never seen a person as exalted as Gaurga Shodas Baba Ji, Maharaj. That just shows. Alright, I think that's the end of it. Thank you very much. Wow, almost 11 o'clock. Alright, tomorrow is Ekadashi and also the disappearance day of, uh, transcendental disappearance day of Tirobhav Divas of Srila Gaurakishudas Babaji. So let us all pray for His mercy that we will get at least one thousandth of the devotion, you know, that He has or one millionth of a particle of His devotion that He has. So at least we can advance a little bit in our uh, devotional lives. We have to try our best and seek His mercy. Seek His mercy means not. Uh, we have to try our best. We have to put in efforts as well. What is the effort that you have to put in? Well, association of devotees. Try to associate more with devotees, and all troubles will go. Alright? Shila Gaur Gishwatas Babaji Maharaj ki jai. Shila Prabhupada ki jai. Anantha Godi Vaishnav Vrind ki jai. Nithai Gaur Primanandi. Hari Hari Gaur. We will continue tomorrow. Part 2. Hari Krishna.